Support for My Depression's Got Jokes comes from Non-Profitability. Do you have a mission that you know will help the community but don't know where to start? Non-Profitability has you covered. From courses to pro bono work to one-on-one coaching, Non-Profitability helps to make your dreams of building a successful nonprofit a reality. To get started, check them out at www.nonprofitability.org slash lift. That's nonprofitability.org slash lift. Welcome to <laughs> the second episode of My Depression's Got Jokes, a podcast where we disarm the stigma of mental illness through humor. I am your host, Joy Donaldson, and here on this podcast, we have, we're going to have a full house today. I think we're expecting three dope individuals. Uh, we're going to have Atari Gems, is what I like to call her, and that's what she goes by on social media. We're going to have her here uh, representing... Black Minds Matter project, and she's going to give us some more information about that. Uh, we're going to have a couple other people in here, and we're mainly going to talk about how we deal with um, social justice and those of us that are that do work in the social justice field, and how you deal with the battle fat- the battle fatigue that comes with that. Um, we have a really great show for you today, and. I want you guys to get comfortable or get uncomfortable, whichever one works best for you, whatever you need to do to listen and stay tuned. All right. So a lot has happened in this past week and I wanted to make sure that we did indeed discuss it on this show. Um, They touched a little bit on it and on the show on Friday with, in regards to the passing of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain. And I really wanted to talk about how it affects us as a community when someone of note passes away, especially if someone passes away due to suicide. Uh, what typically happens when someone, um, and I hate to say it of note, but we tend to pay attention to it more when it's someone who's famous. And we tend to kind of go into those spaces of where they had so much access. They had the ability to be able to pay for their problems to go away. And a big problem with that, especially with the stigma that follows suicide, is just that, the stigma. Regardless of how much money that you have, it's very difficult to try to pay for your problems, your issues, all those sorts of things to go away. The millionaire, the billionaire is going to face the same depressive issues that the person who is rubbing two pennies together faces. There is depression, mental illness, mental ashiness, and no respect of a person. It doesn't matter how much money you have, what you're trying to get accomplished, what levels of trauma you may or may not have been able to deal with. It's no respect of a person. So what I've seen and my comings and goings on social media lately have been people making these assumptions, especially surrounding Kanye West and Shad Moss and a lot of other people that have been saying outwardly that they are dealing with mental illness and thoughts of suicide that, well, you have the money, so you should be able to afford a therapist. 
we talked about this briefly on Friday with Lisa P and Jay Grizzy that it's not always easy to ask for help. Those of us who have taken it upon ourselves to seek out therapy know the hard, the hardship that you have going to reach out and search for this therapist, then having to make a phone call or send an email to see if they even take your insurance. If they don't take your insurance, what do you do then? Is there a plan B, plan C, plan D that you could be able to finally see someone? There are a lot of steps that go into seeing a therapist. So someone who is having thoughts of suicide or suicidal ideation, that's even more of a difficult hill to climb. So I really want to touch on that as much as I can to clear the air when it comes to suicide and suicidal ideation. If you have the means to be able to reach out to these people when they may not have been able to reach out to you personally, do so. It's the person that is dealing with the issue that they are dealing with majority of the time feels like a burden. They don't want to try to reach out to someone because someone in the past or society on an even grander scale will tell them that nobody really cares. Everyone else has their own battles and crosses that they need to bear. Why should we stop the world to try to figure out what's wrong with you? And those evil, negative, wrong thoughts will take over the space of someone who is dealing with suicide and they will take it upon themselves to think that nobody cares, so why am I here? And the person that has considered or completed suicide majority of the time thinks that they're taking the burden off of the people that they are leaving behind. And in the case of Kate Spade, that's how she felt when she was thinking about her daughter and how she wanted to make sure that her daughter knew this is not your fault. Please don't take this on. This has nothing to do with you. And someone like myself who has contemplated, um, who's had suicidal thoughts and suicidal ideation, I'm very open and honest about that because that's something that we need to continue to talk about in our communities. I understand that it's difficult to be on both sides. I'm also someone who has lent an ear um, any other sort of ways that I've been able to be there for someone who is experiencing these moments and these thoughts, it could be very difficult to be on either side. And it really, really comes down to being able to take yourself out of that position and to be there for that person who is coming to you being as honest as they can. Um, a lot of the times we, they don't know how to feel. They don't know what to say. They don't know what's going to be said to them and they're afraid. And, the worst thing we can try to do is tell them that they need to go pray about it, that they need to try harder, that other people have it worse than they do, that they're ungrateful. The worst thing you could say to somebody is that it's a selfish act. Because again, that person at the time is thinking that they're taking the stress and the quote unquote burden away from the family and the friends and the people that they are leaving at that moment or attempting to leave at that moment. So to say it's a selfish act is very, Hmm. what's the best word I can describe for it? It's counterproductive, so especially if that person has reached out to you personally. So I want to continue to 
give light and to pay attention to the people who have attempted and also to those who have completed. Uh, this show is not just this show, but My Depression's Got Jokes as a whole is here to celebrate those who are still here and to honor those who we've lost along the way. So in that space, we give honor to those who felt as if that they had no one else left. And our goal is to open up the pathway, to open up the spaces to where we ourselves are better listeners. We're better empathic individuals where we can show empathy to those people that, have, that are in those spaces. Sympathy is something where you can relate. Empathy is somewhere where, okay, I see you down here. I'm going to get down here with you because I've been here too. And we're going to find a way for, to get us both out of here. So the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. It's available 24 hours a day. They also have an online chat if you are someone who's averse to calling someone or having to, if, if that mom, in those moments you really don't feel like trying to call anyone, use this lifeline as someone who um, is seeking for help for themselves, as well as someone who is trying to help a friend, a family member, even a stranger that has reached out to you and is in need of help. Again, mental ashiness, depression, anxiety, bipolar, none of those things are respecters of person. They don't pick and choose who they affect. They don't pick and choose who they inflict. So regardless how much money, how much stature, how much notoriety you may have, it does not stop what these illnesses can do to us. And we need to be able to take care of ourselves as well as those around us. So if anyone else has any other information, whether you have anything locally or um, anything nationally, or are, if you're doing something yourself where you're, you're willing to reach out and to help other people along the way, please get at me. Um, my email is edgjpodcast at gmail.com, and that can help so many that may be afraid to reach out themselves so we can put that information on our social media pages so other people will be able to have what they need if they ever get into those spaces. It's very easy for people to say, um, this is what I would have done in that space. It's very easy for you to be on the outside looking in and saying, well, this is what I would have done if it was me. Getting out of that space is what helps people. Getting out of that space is what allows someone to come to you in a safe capacity and go, can you help me without them feeling like they're being a burden? So I wanted to make sure that I did honor both Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain for the work that they've done and will continue to do in this world. And now we shall move on. <laughs> so in the studio today, I have... Miss Atari, who, <laughs> who is here to share with me um, about everything that she is doing. She's, I've known her since my very first, it sounds so weird saying this, since my very first time doing a social justice march. Out of nowhere, um, this is when Philando Castile was murdered. 
and I felt a need to do something. I had been a part of marches before, but I had never led one. And through the strength of her and a, a lot of the other people who, especially in VCU, which is Virginia Commonwealth University, if you are not here in Richmond, Virginia, they were an integral part of why and how this march was able to go off the way that it did and how it was able to impact the way that it did. And since then, we've always kept in touch, and she's affectionately named me her auntie. And what's funny is that I'm 30. I did not know that I was at an auntie status yet. But <laughs> and this is before I was 30. I was like 20, 27, 28 when we met. So I just became auntie. So I'm like, all right, that's cool. So <laughs> but I definitely wanted to talk to her because she's been a huge, a huge component in so many things that have changed within the community as far as VCU is concerned, as well as with the project that she has with Black Minds Matter. So I want to introduce Atari. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> it's Sunday. It's Sunday. Gemini season. <laughs> <laughs> we got a grumpy Gemini in the back just chilling, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Marcus J. It's been baking the last few days. <laughs> well, it's, it's blazing hip-hop and R&B outside. So I completely understand. So tell us about yourself initially. And I, you know, of course, I have to ask my question, but I want you to tell me about yourself first. <laughs> working on it. Um, <laughs> we out here. Yeah. Um, I'm just awkward. And <laughs> trust me at social justice events, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People trust me at social justice events. <laughs> No, we're we're here to receive your tangent. Okay, so do you 
Do you self-identify as an activist, or is that just the moniker that comes with the job? Right. Because <laughs> we all have a role to play in all this. Like, you don't got to be <laughs> X, Y, Z, but if you're like, oh, I know how to use social media or I got a platform, why not? Why not do it? So, let me see. Um, I have I have so many questions, so I'm trying to like, <laughs> I'm trying to tone myself down a little bit because I, I have so many thoughts and so many so many things I want to get to when it comes to this particular topic because everybody and their mom is an activist, <laughs> especially when it comes to social media. Everybody, their mom, everybody has their armchair quarterback means of how they would get stuff done. Everybody has their, their how they would feel in a t- particular space. But that's why I asked, do, does, do, how do you feel about the moniker of activist? Because it can be very loaded. It can be very like, oh, yeah, I'm an activist. And they automatically assume you're going to be Angela Davis. They automatically assume that you're going to be Netta out here doing all these amazing things. And when you don't become that, quote, unquote, they're like, oh, you're not an activist. You're not doing this. Yeah. I think we also have this tendency to like, um, here's a cookie, I did something good. Yeah. It's not good to live (laughs) live like that. (laughs) But um, I think we have to check ourselves about like these platitudes that we give ourselves or Mm -hmm. we esteem on others because like you don't know what somebody's interior life could be like. It could be going to, you know, I don't know if I can cuss. You can cuss, you just can't say the N-word. Oh, <laughs> it could be going to shit or something. Yeah. And I just think, like, we just need to be careful about, like, always being, reducing ourselves to titles and saying, like, oh, this person is, like, an educator that also leads marches, or this person is, like, a, I don't know, like a carpenter that also does sit-ins and mm-hmm. stuff like that, or, like, this person is a blogger, and I always have conversations with people who feel like they're not doing enough and mm-hmm. I was saying like we only got like 24 hours and right. 52 weeks in a year you're humanly like you have to recognize what you can and can't do right yeah and I, I, I really do appreciate how the term of activist has at least in the last few I can't even say years probably like in the last year has in some ways been a little more lax. It's been relaxed in a lot of ways. And the idea of being active in certain spaces have um, 
made it really difficult to um, do whatever you need to get done. And uh, it's hard going those. <laughs> it's hard going on um, social media, especially Twitter, because everybody has something it's to okay. say. <laughs> yeah. People are really, really mad at DeRay because of what's going on in Baltimore politics. Yeah. And they felt like he went and, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Endorsed the wrong candidate. And so people were making fun of him from like, here go this dude with the blue vest coming in, just going off. So um, it's, been, it's been really difficult to have people be... Um, What's the word? It's it's been my brain is on tilt, y'all. Um, it's been it's been it's been really difficult to have people be transparent. transparent, but more or less like open to different dialogues and spaces, and not just be. If it's not this way, it's the wrong way. And even though there are valid reasons for people to be upset at DeRay for the social activism, because sometimes his social activism can be a little like, what? Why'd you, why'd you do that? Sometimes people conflate, like, I think a better example, because I don't know DeRay, I mm-hmm. have friends in D.C. who's like, DeRay is DeRay, and he's not bad, he's not a malignant figure, but, like, I think a better example is, like, why did Kim Kardashian have to go visit Trump for prison reform when we already have People in PhD programs, like people in the com- various communities, like right. uh, political uh, prisoners doing that work. I don't need a celebrity being an opportunist. And I think sometimes people are conflating like celebrity them versus like somebody who's like really out here <laughs> trying to do the work. Because it's just kind of like, I don't need to get on Facebook and see everyone saying like, yes, Kim Kardashian, when we literally have people in the community doing the same work, mm-hmm. I can't pay. Losing sleep and stuff, and just being like candid and honest, and it's not being a hater, it's just very like... <laughs> what is this? What? <laughs> so, when we talk about the work, because people talk about the work all the time, what does the work mean? I mean, for me, it's like, like Black Minds Matter, like we have like a bunch of social media pages. We do guest facilitations on our uh, university's campus and then also with Richmond, but that's not to say in like a couple months we're gonna do something at another school or do something in DC or whatever. I just think like knowing what you can, what you can do. Cause the radio show on WRR that we do, it just came from like, well, we're just gonna see what happens. Cause like realistically, not everybody can come to VCU to hear us talk. Mm-hmm. And that's just being honest. But what they can do is like tune in to the radio or go to SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. So as far as the work is concerned, and I'm, I'm going to get to you with my particular question, you as an individual, because I'm, I'm trying to get the work stuff out of the way real quick, because I want to make sure that we are able to splice the two, because mm-hmm. I think that's what happens, and that's where a lot of the battle fatigue comes in, is the individual is forgotten in lieu of the work, mm-hmm. in lieu of what needs to get done, in lieu of, well, this needs to happen in the community. We're, 
the only activist that we know of that's willing to get in the streets and get everything done is you. And how are you able to, how are you going to be able to fix all these things that we deem <laughs> are wrong with the community while also forgetting about who you are? Because mm-hmm. a lot of those times, especially when um, a few years ago when there was so back to back to back to back to back to back to back shootings of unarmed black people. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where activists were putting together press releases and PDFs about, hey, this is what it looks like for you as an activist to take a break. This is what it looks like. This is what you need to do. This is what self-care is. This is what mental health is for you. Dial off. Cut, you know, if you need to cut your wife off for a little bit, go somewhere without your phone. Do, do something that's going to denote you actually going out of your way to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's, where do you draw that line of how you, Atari, as an individual, is able to exist in the world versus Atari who is, for the lack of a better phrase, like the social justice worker out here. Just <laughs> 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 Even uh, though that's such a hated phrase. Like, uh. Uh, for me, like, like I said, I'm like a big nerd. So if it's like, you know what, I'm going to see a quiet place and like just be in the theater for two two hours with my phone off to just like be entertained. And I think there's like a culture of like shaming people for like seeking joy because I feel like people think like resistance and joy must be mutually exclusive. Like, of course I understand the evils of capitalism, but also I have a nine to five job and I have bills to pay. And just like being realistic because like, I think sometimes we romanticize like a lot of these terms and these ideologies and then like, we don't know how to distinguish where we are from it. Cause it's just like, you know what? I'm gonna just go to the movies. I'm gonna go eat chicken, <laughs> like chicken nuggets. <laughs> and like, I don't know, like and look at cats time. and right. be okay. And like the work will still be there, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna feel guilty for like just taking that step back. But a lot of people do. Yeah, it is, it's difficult. It's difficult. So we're gonna, we're going to leave it there for a second because we have some more guests coming in. And everybody that's looking at us live <laughs> on IG as well as on Facebook, hi, hi, we'll be right back. Just letting y'all know ahead of time that we'll be right back. And I want to make sure that we talk about everything that we need to talk about. <laughs> and we reach everyone that we need to talk about because the battle for tea conversation is the one I really, really want to get to and how we deal with that. Because battle for tea does not necessarily mean that you're an activist and you're in the streets constantly and you have to battle. Battle for tea can be literally you battling yourself to get up out of bed in the morning. So we're going to talk about that and we'll be right back. And we're back. <laughs> Please excuse the technical difficulties I had earlier today. My brain is shot. So, <laughs> if you could hear Atari for the beginning of it, my apologies. Um, but we do have it going live, so you can at least play that part back. But <laughs> we got her. We, we got the main points in, so that's all that matters. But we are grateful to have two new people that have joined us into the studio, and that is Zuri. Oh, Zuri Washington, live from <laughs> Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great radio voice. 
You're right. Yeah. We have our first youth in the building, which is which is dope. And Khadija, his mom. Khadija Washington. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Yeah. So I want to make sure that we talk about what we're here for, which is the battle fatigue. But I want to start with the question that I typically ask at the top of the show, but I'm going to ask it now. And you all just take turns, whoever okay. comes up with the answer. Um, what makes you laugh when your brain goes sad? Uh, for me, um, it usually is my son because he's a comedian and he usually just his face is like I can't believe you just out of me. Random, random, <laughs> random jokes. He has literally started watching like repeats of old shows like Seinfeld the and The Office. The Office, yes, <laughs> yes. The, the Wire, The Wire. Wait, so he has wait, a strange wait. Fascination. That was a jump. <laughs> That was a jump. And y'all like The Office and The Wire. Yeah. Like, but he has to have it with like a, a Baltimore accent. That's yeah. that's not even a Baltimore wire, accent. It's like wire. a fake Baltimore yeah. accent. <laughs> and every time he says wire, I'm like, please say it right. But he's like, the wire, mom. You're saying it's not the wire. <laughs> you add an extra like, ER to everything. Stuff. Yeah. It's like an A-H on everything. It's a wire. What are you doing here? I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> Going to be string a bell. Like, you're not, it's oh, over. No. That was 10 years ago. Yeah, like, stop you... finding, because we have no cable. Stop finding <laughs> You can watch for, you can stream. Try to find it on YouTube. Like, he literally thinks all this stuff is new. And I'm like, no. no. This is, and people really forgot about it. So he's bringing it back a whole second time. So <laughs> when I have to laugh or I need to have stress to be relieved, it's just like, ask him. And he'll do an entire. The wire. <laughs> the wire. An entire episode yeah, of The Office. Yeah, The Wire. Or The Office. I will like, take The Office. I, mean, right. I literally come to the door. He's like, wait, come look, come look, come look. It's like, episode, it's like season two, episode 11 of The Office. I'm like, you know this is 15 years old. You know this is a new joke. But right? it has new episodes on, the, on comedy. Yeah, well, and it has new episodes, but it's yeah. always the old episode. <laughs> Watching, like... I'm not gonna like, lie. Look, it, look, look. I binged it for like ten days straight. You can. You can get easily addicted to. The, I did on Netflix and watch the entire I the entire series. The office. It's such a you good have show. To, like, and if you've ever like worked in a corporate kind of office, it's yes, like, yep, that's I remember that. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. There's always an inappropriate guy. There's always like someone who's extra. Yeah. There's always like a super a super happy, yeah. no matter what happens, yeah. person. Like it's the office yeah. is basically. Like she said, if you've ever worked in the office, right. this uh-uh. is an exaggerated version <laughs> of what it's like. Super exaggerated, almost <laughs> illegal version. Like, right? You can't do that. Because Michael Scott should have been fired yes. seasons ago. He said that. He said that. Like, how you still got a job? He gets promoted and everything. How you still got a job? Steve Carell is literally hilarious. Yeah, he's everything. So yeah, I do. Zuri. Sure. Yeah, probably just talking to my mom and watching silly stuff on television. I mean, anything <laughs> can really make me laugh. Like, I could just go to school and just be weak at myself. Time. Just walk into class. About something that happened three years ago, I just be yeah. weak. Yeah. yeah, they understand him at his school. I will say yeah. that. Like, because he'll just bust out and just start, you know, like, what did you say, like rollerblading down the hall? Or you know what? That's lit. Just like, <laughs> like I'm sorry, Miss Washington. I have to give him a consequence because he was supposed to be in class. But he was rollerblading. In the, but I understand there were rollerblades and the hallway does have a hill. So I get what you're so like, I understand, understand the reason. how his brain works. Like, so you want me not to use that? I thought that was there for my for use. For my like, use? 
And then I just found these rollerblades yeah. here. And was I not supposed to take on like this I hill? was. But you shouldn't have had the rollerblades in the hill together. You like, should have separated them. It's your own um, fault. So they understand. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay. Yeah, I understand. It's not a problem. This is fine. Rules <laughs> are rules for a reason. You cannot get hurt. They're responsible for you. So, so it's you, you basically are your own comedy. Yeah. When your brain goes sad. Yeah. So what, what do you do that makes yourself laugh? Say so which which version of this do you want? <laughs> PG thirteen, I hope. Shoot. <laughs> Anything like I could just make myself like I could just be in class and just be silent, and I just start laughing and make everybody laugh. And I'm laughing at everybody who's laughing because I'm laughing and making them laugh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Face. And they're all like, every time I come to the school, they're like. That's Zuri's mom. That's Zuri. Zuri, come here, Zuri. Tell a joke. Tell a joke. So you're basically I'm a like, celebrity. Oh. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a celebrity. Yeah. Do they see this? Right. Yeah. 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 Kind of yeah. got to accept it, man. Gotta it's do like, it. Kind of. Why you here? Yeah. So, Tari, what about you? Memes. Black Twitter. Um, <laughs> I need to get on that. I mean, just like if you want to, like they will make a joke out of everything. I'm just like, why is this funny? Why is this funny? Like I'm trying to remember, like if um when people were mad at Kanye, they did that like yes. hashtag if uh you if it's slavery were a choice, choice yes, and they I were doing that. like office jokes. Like I'm gonna <laughs> clock <laughs> out. <laughs> I got to clock into slavery in about 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> It's like inappropriately wrong. Yes. Extra in on Kanye. Extra, extra in. He's never going to get past that. No, he's never going to overcome that. I agree. Right. It's not. I agree with you with the memes. I love a good, I love a good well-placed meme. (laughs) So as far as making ourselves laugh and Mm -hmm. when our brains go sad, as far as the work that you do mm-hmm. in the community, can you inform us sure. what that is? So um, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I'm pretty active mm-hmm. in um, my local chapter, Richmond Association of Black Social Workers. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them. Amen. And we, this year, started a new project um, in the Northside community. Uh, it's called uh, City Builders. And actually, my son is a part of City Builders. Mm-hmm. And it's out of Six Pick Innovation Center. Um, Six Point Innovation Center. Uh, and they have awesome programs for youth, like awesome programming. This programming specifically focuses on youth 20, like 15 to 24, mm-hmm. to talk about racial trauma, generational trauma, Aww. what they're seeing in their communities. And hopefully, by the end of the program, they'll be able to go to their city council. Mm-hmm and actually talked about the different changes they'd like to see in their community, laws that need to change. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, we toured um, Highland Park and just did like a walking tour of all like the history and like even, um, you know, Gabriel Prosser Park and um, some of the pre-antebellum um, houses that are mm. still standing, but you know, need revitalization and mm-hmm. some of the burnt out, you know, homes and things like that and how to change just the whole look and feel of the community. Wow. And it was, it's profound. Like, we've been doing this for, for some months, and we've done everything from, like, the slave, uh, well, you know, like, the tour, the trail, slave tour in Manchester, 
to you know just kind of going to the actual center and having them enact mm -hmm. what it felt like to be in chains. And so we had mm -hmm. um, Fumi um, came from our chapter who did a wonderful workshop and actually had volunteers, you know, um, you know, adults and youth chained up together, hmm. laying down and just, just, you know, just feeling what that was like to be kind of enslaved, like taken from one place to another place. And he was moving people around. And I mean, by the end of the workshop, I mean, there were people in tears. There were hmm. kids just having such a strong visceral reaction. And when I saw this, I was like, wow, like, Something that happened this many hundreds of years ago is still playing itself out. Um, right. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we talk about it in a micro context, like how it's affecting us, you know, person to person and family member to family member, like you know, husband to wife and child to mother. Then you know, on a very like political context of like mass incarceration mm -hmm. and um, you know, you know, drugs in our community and uh, redlining in history mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. how all those things play in. So they're really getting like a hands-on feel for, for what that is. And um, just in my early social work days, you know, I worked in child and family and mental health and intensive in home and every single child and family program. And that's why I was like so passionate about like, we need to bring in our history. Like that's mm -hmm. one thing we don't talk about in mental health is, yes, you know, kids can have depression and they can have trauma and definitely trauma is a huge part of what but we're seeing. But that intergenerational, trauma. that racial trauma that you know, seeing the black men being killed on TV and people who look like our uncles, our fathers, our cousins, and you see the powerlessness of that feeling and telling them like, you know, we can, we can unite and kind of change all that. And I think that's, you know, the powerful part of social work is it's mental health, it's community, it's, you know, it's everything. So that's, you know, a lot of my work with ABSW is that and then mentoring social workers too to be in the field and really have like a, a big impact on a, you know, just their profession and what they're hoping to, to change in the world. That's he can amazing. tell you more about City Builders for, from his wow. perspective. <laughs> um, City Builders <laughs> is probably one of the best groups for the youth in, this, in Richmond, period. Mm -hmm. Like the first day, you meet all these new people, you got candy, food. But like, <laughs> other than that, other than that, the education and the knowledge that you get from it can be any social studies class, any school. Mm -hmm. It's like you get a real aspect of it. And like the thing where we was walking around Highland Park, it gave me like a, real, a realization of what it really was. Like mm -hmm. you could see a house, two stories, beautiful. You got flowers and all this stuff in the own front yard, then a block or two from that, you got a house with that's broken glass and the mm -hmm. screen door is bent over. It's like, it's been melted. Yeah. And it's just like that. Like, it's no type of construction. It's just like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. It's like that sometimes for years. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, within a blighted community, it can be really difficult to try to find a common ground. Mm -hmm. So how does it feel for you, Zuri, to find that common ground, because a lot of the times for the youth, because I have a program, a nonprofit for teen girls, and I try to meet them where they are instead of just, well, this is what I think you should yeah. do. How do you, how do you feel being in those spaces and not feel like you're not being preached to, but you actually want to be there? <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. Um. <laughs> like how how do they how how do they help you to decide that this is where I want to be? Oh, this is the work that I want to continue to do. I want to be in these spaces. What 
what draws you to that besides the candy and the food? Probably. <laughs> I like how we have, like, we get to part off with, like, older people mm-hmm. and then talk to them one-on-one. And it's like, it's not, okay, I'm older than you, so I'm going to preach to you. It's like, we'll have a conversation on why you feel the way that you feel and why, mm-hmm. the, why, the, why I feel the way that I do. Mm-hmm. And... Like with the transportation thing, we were talking about buses and the GRTC, and it's this dude, Ross, who's who went to high school in Chesterfield. He went to Clover Hill, and I go to Thomasdale. Mm-hmm. And we was talking. He was like, yeah, growing up, we would just go to Uptown Alley, but the thing is, we couldn't always find a ride because it's like, it's no public transportation. I was like, I could relate to that because like, even though I live in North Chesterfield, it's not like I could go take a bus. Like, yeah. I will text everybody in my phone, like, can you pick me up? Can you scoot? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> and nine, to, um, nine times out of ten, nobody can, so I'm just sitting at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think the way that they engage the youth, I mean, the, we do many different things. Like, we have process with them. It's usually myself or another social worker that processes the end of each session mm-hmm. and their impact, and then they have those think-pair shares where they can pair it up with an adult, an older person, someone who's a volunteer in the community. Mm-hmm. And they get to kind of see, you know, through those different experiences. And a lot of stuff is like, you know, group. Like mm-hmm. I did a whole um, workshop where it was just a, a, like a parchment paper of a family, like a mom, dad, children. Mm-hmm. And they had to talk about like how the family was impacted through mm-hmm. all these social constructs. And they each had a job to write down something that impacted the family and then tear it off and tear that family apart. But mm-hmm. at the end you know, they had to put that family back together with what they were going to do different. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just like, oh, this is terrible, this is terrible. It's like, but well, what can we do now? But well, what can we do now? Like, mm-hmm. well, how can we put our families back together again? And, like, so many people gave, you know, some great feedback as mm-hmm. to, you know, one of the young girls was just like, you know, we, everything we said that tore us apart was something like that was systematic, like redlining and mass incarceration and enslavement and, you know, financial um, discrimination. Everything that was bringing us back together was all about relationship and love and care and forgiveness. And, like, how do we figure that out? And my answer to her was, that's a brilliant question. You mm-hmm. should be figuring that out. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we go further than that? So it's not about me giving them the answers. It's about them having a, a deeper awareness of, like, where they want to be, what they can do. Like, she could probably do a PhD on just that. Mm-hmm. Like, why do we think emotionally when there are so many things that have infected us that are non-emotional but, mm-hmm. like, politically? Yeah. Know? So, some brilliant kids. So, in the space of that, how do you, as a worker and as a human being, mm-hmm. how do you deal with the fatigue of that? Because I know you get tired. Oh, yeah. I know yeah. we all get tired. I've gotten more than tired. I've yeah. suffered with, like, anxiety, depression. Mm-hmm. And I will say, you know, I'm writing a book now just, like, talking about the life and journey of social workers mm-hmm. and, like, our impact. And I can remember you know, being in grad school and feeling like this is the best profession in the world. Like who wouldn't want to be a social worker? Mm-hmm. Like you get to work micro, like with individuals, with the community, with like impacting the, the government. And like everybody's like about love and like this is the just social justice and that's a huge push. Like especially I went to VCU grad school and it was like policy and practice and practice and policy. And then you go and get your first job and you realize they want you to work 12-hour days. They want <laughs> Like, my first job was in CPS foster care. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And um, 
I came out of school, like I talk about, I'm very like, with, when I do mentoring, like very open about like salaries and money because I feel like people have to learn how to empower themselves financially. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I got out of um, grad school. I went to grad school when Zuri was six months old mm -hmm. and uh, was a single parent. And I was like, uh, I'm gonna get this great job. I'm gonna make more money. I got a grad you know, diploma. My mm -hmm. first job, I made $26,000 a year. Mm -hmm. I had $56,000 of student loans. Mm. I had a child. I had to find a place to live. I had yeah. to move back home for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And it's like, the way that people stream it in school and then the mm -hmm. way it's actually done in your workplace, you're right. like, how are we supposed to survive? And I'm working with people who are even poorer than me. Yeah. But little do my clients know, I'm like literally one paycheck away from being able to apply for like, I was $200, making $200 more than I would need to make for famous. Mm -hmm. But I was working in you know, social services. So I'm like, you know, how are we going to empower other people when we can't do the things to like live and empower ourselves? And so there was a lot of stress in between, like, how do I make it from here to there in those early, early 20s or early days? And then kind of just the mm -hmm. stress of working with families that you saw were just traumatized and just depressed. And there was sexual abuse mm -hmm. and there was physical abuse and parents that were, you know, suffering with substance abuse. And mm -hmm. it was just, there wasn't at that time, and it's changed a whole lot because I work you know, in, in a private, you know, commercial health care, and I work from home, and they give you every, they're all, like, focused on, like, self-care. They're like, well, we don't want you to work more than 35 hours a week. We don't, we want you to work from home. We want, you can take time off. As long as you work four hours, more than four hours a day, you can take the rest of the time to do what you need to do to take care of yourself, mm -hmm. as long as your work is done. Like, they're very, like, autonomous versus working in CPS and foster care where it's, like, you're gonna work all day, then you're gonna be on call, yeah. then you're gonna be on call for the weekend. Then if you need to come in on the week because someone got you know, picked up or someone mm -hmm. needs to come in the care, you're gonna work that, and then you're gonna come back on Monday mm -hmm. and work your regular shift. You're just gonna run you into the ground. And guess what? You don't get more money for that. No, not at That's all. just your salary this job. Is because this is your job. Yes, this is what, this you're is your, this what you signed up for, and yeah. sometimes you're gonna have to work more, and so there's no bonus, there's no incentive, there's mm -hmm. no anything, and I was out of that job in less than six months. There were other jobs I was out of in less than 90 days. Mm. And so I tried to mentor social workers on like, you know, do you want to have this kind of revolving door of having to move up and up and up in your relationship? And I always tell, like I was just telling um, Joy, because my friends run the gamut of being like social work grads or like me, like gender studies grad who are very like right. social, like African American studies grad, like very like, oh, we're going to yes. change the world. Change the world. With no money. <laughs> <laughs> but also, my mom, with no money. Um, I was telling Joy, I'm like about to split an apartment with one of my friends who's about to go back to school for a master's in social work. Absolutely. And my mom was looking at us like crazy, but it's just like, we can have our bachelors work a nine to five and still like car insurance, health insurance, yes. stuff like that, getting yes. two from work. And it's a lot. And I, my mom didn't understand because a lot of people... Like when you're a first gen college student, everyone's like, "Oh, you you don't have to work at a factory, blah blah blah, yeah. or, or whatever." They but think. They, they think. think. But I have a friend that had to move um, back home to take care of her dad mm -hmm. and also um, take care of her littlest sister because mm -hmm. her dad is like 
disabled and stuff right. like that. And she's like 27 and still living at home. People were like, what? And she was like, well, she can save up money and still go to school and stuff right. like that. And like her family appreciates her having her. And sometimes we get so hyped about being like independent and stuff like that. But sometimes it's okay to just be with your family or split right stuff choice. with your friends yeah. and stuff. And it's like uh, uh, the other cultures kind of get that. But like yeah. you're going to, like I always say like, you know, people talk about like I'm always with Zuri or I'm taking him somewhere. Like we're going to New York on Saturday for mm-hmm. so he can go to acting school. And I'm always like, that's so dope. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got an acting camp scholarship, which is awesome. Nice. So I'm like, yeah, and I'm from New York. So luckily we have people we can stay with. But yeah. people don't realize like when your kid is involved in things, how expensive it is. Yeah. And that's what I tell like early graduates is we've got to really start changing our profession and the way that we look at it. And like that's the whole purpose of the book is like we like there's so many things I was telling students and telling students I was like you know I should just put this in a book Mm -hmm. because all the things that I had to go through they don't really have to go through now because I can look back 10 years and be like I can do this differently you don't have to suffer from all these anxiety like the panic attacks like I was having panic and anxiety I remember my first panic attack I was graduating from undergrad like I was literally like a week away and I was like what is what is going on with me like what and I, I didn't connect it then like maybe it was because I was going to have to work for the first time. I had no idea how much money I was supposed to be making. I had no idea how to budget or, like, where I was going to be living. Yeah. And no one really prepares you for that stuff. They just tell, like, finish school and you'll be okay. Finish school. And I had friends who graduated from high school with me who were, like, already, like, had a house and were making, like, you know what I mean? They were making good money. And here I was, like, making $10 an hour. And I'm like, I'm going to go to grad school. <laughs> and it, it just it doesn't always like work Translate. out like that yeah mm-hmm. and I like tell them realistically like yes this is how uh-huh. what I suffer from like anxiety is no joke like that's a real thing like there have been days I couldn't get up out of the bed to like work mm-hmm. like I had I could not drive across a bridge I could not drive period and it's like when you take a toll on your body like that yeah. you have to see what's worth it and a lot of times it's those high pressure jobs that are the jobs that actually pay a little bit more but you have to weigh like what's more valuable, like your life and self care, or getting that two more dollars an hour. So how do you how do you reconcile that? Like the idea that those of us that and I, I include myself, even though I'm not officially social worker, I'm actually going mm-hmm. to I'm researching into becoming a um, peer recovery specialist. Mm-hmm. So I'm researching into yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but those of us who are in the figurative or literal streets mm-hmm. that are doing the work and we need our break and we yeah. need to be able to take a step back. Yeah. How do you reconcile the idea that you, the person that's supposed to be saving right. all of these people, the person that's supposed to be helping and doing all these things for the community is having a panic attack, can't mm-hmm. get out the bed. Right. How do you reconcile that? And what would you say to that person? That's like, what do you Ooh. mean you can't get out of the bed? I can't get out of the bed. You're supposed to come get yeah. me. Luckily I had, I had awesome family and friends, and and my friends are like my family to me. So Mm -hmm. when I was experiencing times like that, like I had people to go to grocery store for me. I had people to pick my son up. I had, you know, it was just one of those things. And I think I got to a place where I'd done so much work because I had, like I said, I've been working with traumatized kids. I've been working with people in disorders. I knew, like, for me, it was like mindfulness, sitting quietly, really thinking about what, like, the connection for me was, when I'm happy and I'm in my purpose and in my, my journey and I'm on task, I don't have so much anxiety. When I'm all over the place and I'm trying to fill everything for everybody and say yeah. yes, I'm full of anxiety. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things I had to accept, like, hey, I got to say no to people. I got to say no. to I can't say yes to I, I love every project, especially in Richmond, because I feel like 
Richmond is like the diverse and social like activism, like blooming and stemming and blossoming. But sometimes it's like on Facebook, I have 20 events <laughs> the same Saturday. And I'm like, I got to rest. Mm -hmm. So it was like, you have to make that decision. And I remember like telling, a, you know, a colleague like, no, I'm really having a lot of anxiety. I really have to rest. Like, and I'm not above medication and I'm not, even though I'm not on medication now, I'm not above it because right. I tried everything. I tried acupuncture. I tried herbs, supplements, rest, water, diet change. And then I was like, it's, I still need something. Mm -hmm. And then it was medication for a short period of time. And then I got back to self-care. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it is really just like our clients. Like, there is no one treatment that is whatever. Do I say jump to medication? No. But if everything else you're doing and it's still not working, like, you know. But what we do is we don't want to do any self-care. Like, in our, like, like, as people are, you know, melanated people, we mm -hmm. tend to not, we skip over the whole self-care thing. Like, and then you we're being like, lazy. Yeah. You if your ancestors yeah. made it, you can make you it. You can yeah. make it. Like, life can never be, e like, we're not supposed to have easy. So it's like, right. we, eight hours of, of sleep is considered, like, laziness. And I'm yeah. like, that's just the opposite. Because, no, you're supposed to grind. Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, yeah. Also, like, going You're to not supposed to sleep. Sleep with suckers. Sleep like, it. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. You don't need food. You don't need food. Yeah. Your asses ain't have food. Bell. Yeah. Stop at Taco Bell. Or I like, had to walk to school. Yeah. <laughs> Back and forth. Yeah. That's Twice. like my mom. Even that talking like my to my friends of, like, <laughs> my non-black friends problem. of color, like, whose parents are, like, immigrants. Yes. Like, I have a friend whose parent is from, like, the Philippines. Well, just be like, well, I came here on a boat so you could go to school. And they're like, no, like, I need to rest. And, like, so many of our, like, communities of color are just kind of like our parents think that we're indestructible well like yes. i got off this boat i came across this border yeah. our answers came through this ocean against yes. their will and stuff and it's like it's okay to just be like <sighs> right it's a whole different conversation right because now oh this is like the first time and like like this time where where especially i think black women are really looking at their lives like Hey, I don't right. have to come home from ten hours work and clean the kitchen and right. do this and and make a meal every night and pick my kids up and breastfeed and like like maybe we can't do all of that. Maybe yeah. we're not super women. Maybe, maybe we're just actual human women. Maybe I'm tired. <laughs> right. Maybe we're human. What a concept. Maybe we're, maybe we're not black magic. You know. Maybe we're just black women. They're not magical. Just special in our own way. Like I always think, like magic is extra 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 and I was like I just do what I I can do mm -hmm. but yeah there's many times I'm like no we're gonna order in um, <laughs> yes um we would like someone to come and clean um right yes, I would like that hotel uh yeah you just have to take even if it's like staycation like yeah invest it like it was so long I was like I'm not gonna invest in that I'm not and it's like no if that's what you want to do like for us in the field like if this is what you need to do, invest in acupuncture, invest mm -hmm. in yoga, invest in exercise plan, you know, having your meals prepared by someone who can actually cook healthy and isn't going to go get chicken wings, right? Yeah. If that's what it costs, and that's what it costs. If it costs you $200 a week to be healthy, so what? Like you. If you need to pay for that copay to go get therapy every week, yeah, that's $50 to be healthy for years. Mm -hmm. But we don't think like that. Like we, you know, like the car, you have to change people's mindset into like you actually have to invest in your wellness. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. not going to just be like I'm going to go to work every day and just be okay if they give me a raise. Cuz if you work. if you have that that break and now you're on short-term disability. Exactly. And you get 60%. Yeah. Maybe sometimes 
50% for some people. You have to think about that. And, you know, the one thing that, like, someone, like, I think J.B. Bryant mentioned, she came to our symposium at Virginia State in April, and she mm-hmm. was like, they keep talking about black women are the most educated, and black women are the most this, and the black women are the most that. But they don't talk about the personal side of black women are the most likely to be single. Black women are the most likely to be in debt because we have all this education. Educational debt is not really bankruptable. So it's not something that you can just like, oh, I changed my mind about my major. I have $75,000 in. I can just. And then like the social factors, like my littlest cousin, uh, I I can't say like the school, but they were going for school for a wit. And then like she told her parents, like, I don't want to go to school. I want to do something else. I want to be like, I think she's like a security officer or something. She just wanted not to do anything with school. And my aunt and uncle was just like, out. Shannon, what are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. And she's just like, I'm not happy here. And But her brother and sisters, they have certificates. Like her sister is a beautician. So her sister, she looking at her sister, you know, like mm-hmm. waking up, going to the shop, making money on her tone, living the life she wants to do. Of course she doesn't. Maybe she wants to get like a license or something. And I think we are so adamant of being like, you need to go to college, yes. blah, 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 blah. But we don't talk about like, the all that comes with because there's the debt, incredible the- amount of debt. <laughs> and, you know, when we talk about financial empowerment and the fact that you can't build wealth with I- with all of the debt that you have. And sometimes the income that you're going to have, like if you're making fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 and you have $300,000 worth of debt, that's almost impossible to repay unless you have two full-time jobs. I have a friend at um, Can't Say That School. They're in grad school now. They have an assistantship, but it's not enough to cover their bills and tuition. So they ask their like chair, like, "Hey, I'm gonna need to get another part-time job." But if they, right. it was like the amount of money that they would be making with the assistantship and the part-time job, it would mm-hmm. disqualify him for getting like the loans he needs to go to school. And I'm just like, now they're telling you, you got to be poor to go to a grad program. Yeah. And I was just like, this is crazy. It's a, you really, and that's why I really <laughs> emphasize with the mentor, mentoring is like, you really have to plan your own career. You cannot depend on our universities and our colleges, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. They're starting to move in that direction. And I hope VCU, you know, does. But, you know, if, uh, Association of Black Social Workers, if I didn't, when able to like pull someone to the side and be like, how do you do that? What do you do? What should I do? Like, mm-hmm. and have those conversations. And I say, we'll come to the school. Like, we go to Virginia Union. We'll go to Virginia State. We'll go to VCU and come to the meetings and mentor. Mm-hmm. And if you want a one-on-one mentor, you can sit down with me and have lunch anytime and be like, ask me anything you want about money, about this, about whatever's going on in your personal life. Mm-hmm. And it's between us. And it's like, that's the whole role of mentoring. Like, we need that as another part of self-care. So, Community. definitely. So, mm-hmm. Zuri. With the work that you're trying to accomplish, are am I presumptuous to assume that you want to actually pursue acting as a career? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, with all of that coming in and being in 2018 versus years ago when you had to try to like break into Broadway and do all these um, things that you had to do, how do you see yourself taking care of yourself in those spaces? Like, what do you think that you need to do? And what would you do differently compared to the people that you've seen previously? Because not to say that you're a child actor because you're on your way to becoming a whole adult. So <laughs> how, how do you see yourself manifesting and being healthy in those spaces? Like, not to be cliche, but whenever someone's asked that question, they say, you got to stay consistent. Like, mm-hmm. you just got to keep doing it and doing it. Like, 
I've been to so many, like at my high school for musicals and whatnot, mm-hmm. I've been to so many auditions and just did the worst audition I could and just <laughs> cringe. You just got to get out the way. Like, I cringe so hard thinking about past auditions. Like, if uh, I think about it right now, be... I'll probably drop the mic and go back home. You just got to get out the way. And mm-hmm. people are like, it's a lot of people in my theater program that don't, that like wouldn't want to do an audition because like, oh, I'm gonna mess up, I'm gonna do bad, and it's like you just gotta do it. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. nothing. You just gotta do it. Like, like that's like my dad, like my dad says, it ain't rocket science. You just do it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So how do you handle the spaces of mental mental health and in that space of like, oh, if I think about that really bad audition, mm-hmm. I'm gonna freak out and drop this. But what do you do in those spaces where it's like? I'm feeling like I want to drop this mic. Mm-hmm. How do you overcome that? Breathe. Okay. Yeah. Breathe Aww. in through your nose and out through your mouth. <laughs> Very zen. If you can, That's so good though. close your eyes and pretend you at the beach or something. Mm-hmm. You hearing the waves, like try to do anything to make you calm. Because <laughs> yes. it could get... It could go zero to one hundred with this cringe stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, oh my god, yes. brave. Like, <laughs> I, like no. he said, like this last summer, he was like, "Mom, I want to go to New York and do stand up comedy." I was like, "He gonna go to New York and do stand up comedy?" And he went to New York and did like stand up. Yeah. He was texting that me like, so great. "Yeah, I bombed." I was like, "You <laughs> fifteen. But you got your first bomb out there. Everybody bombed. You got your first bomb out there. <laughs> the host bomb, you know you're going to bomb. He's like, I bombed along with everybody else. I'm like, just bomb. You can't bomb because you're 15 years old on stage following your dream. That There's no bombing in that. Like, yeah. Just the fact that you got up. So, like, every time I think about him, I'm like, I guess I should do a little yeah, something. Like, and at least you got, you got the first bomb out of the way. Yeah. yeah. And then like, also, like, I was talking to Quita and uh, Amanda last night. Like, Issa Rae has an interview that's on YouTube where she said... She had moved to New York because she's from L.A. Because she was like, I'm going to New York. I'm going to be the screenwriter. She got to New York, hated it, was basically asked out. She moved back to L.A. And, like, her friends was like, you might need to try, like, YouTube. Just be doing your own thing. And, like, it took her just finding her space and taking care of herself. That was such a good show. That was so good. I saw it all late. I was like, I saw it late, too. Sometimes you have to fail into what is yeah. for you because yeah. what's yeah. for you is for you. Yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm a nerd and I'm <laughs> I'm reading Leslie Odom Jr.'s. <laughs> I'm reading his book right now because I am Hamilton obsessed. Oh, and oh my God. his book, <laughs> like me and my daughter know every word. So <laughs> every word to that soundtrack. Theater people, like every word. And I was in Target yesterday, and they have the Hamilton book in Target right now for thirty percent off. And everything in me was like, "Don't buy it, Joy. <laughs> Do not buy it." So I sat there and read it in the <laughs> in the aisle, like, "Ooh, ooh, yup, okay." And I love the notes that he puts, but. Mm-hmm. Leslie has some great notes too, as well about mm-hmm. failing up, oh, yeah. and and being in that audition space mm-hmm. where you're competing with people that have been there way longer than you have. He was kind of a I want to say a late bloomer, but he kind of fell into what he wanted to do, yeah. and him coming into that space of I have this one shot to make it based on these people across the table from me, whether or not they like me. So. I just want to make sure that you continue doing everything that you're doing. Of 
And it's not even going to come from a space of, you go out there and kill it, son. Like, it's not even coming from that space. It's coming from that space like, you already have it in you. You don't need us to, like, necessarily remind you. But you out here. And you're doing something. You're going out there. You're not, man, I'm not going to, like, back in our time, like, I'm 30. But (laughs) my generation is the generation that came up and was like, you know what? It's okay for us to sit around and be nerdy. It's okay for us to be like, I <laughs> enjoy. Right. Everybody's not going to be athlete. Everybody, you <laughs> know. Just started. And I, my mom, her aspiration for me was to be a, um, see, I don't remember. I blocked it out of my brain. Um, <laughs> she wanted me to be a, um, my, my cousin legitimately is a part of NASA. Uh-huh. And she was like, I want you to be Astronaut. like him. And I was like, first off, I hate math. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> I'm an art. Kid, yeah. yeah, I'm a I'm a theater kid. I'm a, an actor. Yeah. That was me, <laughs> and that still became me. It, I just had to, I had to cut my way around her to make it to where I wanted yeah. to be as far as art is concerned. Then I realized, you know what? I do love it being in front of the camera, right. but what I love more is to be behind it. Right. So the ideas of being a director and a producer and all those things started to really come into play. And I had friends like I I I need the type of people that I can go to. You know what? I think the idea of making uh, <laughs> making something about um, this guy that came from a country that he just happened to roll up into New York, I think that sounds like a hip-hop play. And mm-hmm. his friends went, yeah, let's do it. He had one friend that was like, that's an awful idea. Send me the, send me the script. So <laughs> that sounds terrible. Send me, send me the script. <laughs> You never know. So I really hope that you continue to have friends like that. You come to them and be like, look, guys, I'm trying to do this crazy thing. And they're like, bet, tell us what we Let's need to do. do and you can, and you be that person for them, too, because all of us need some, some Lin-Manuel's in our life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he's community-focused, too, because now Hamilton's in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico still got yeah. power, but they pushing through down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Paying $10 a ticket. He's like, the locals get 10 everybody else got to pay the 300 <laughs> Yeah, I've like, been wanting to see Hamilton for forever. But Me too. I got to stand in line in New York for like two days. No, I tried to find. I tried to get tickets to the one in DC, and I clicked on. I was like, seven fifty. Oh, seven fifty. Seven fifty per. Yeah. And they are all sold out. They need to sell the DVDs. Something. <laughs> two for fifty. That's why they just released that book. I'm sitting in Target trying to flip through it so yeah. I can feel one all day, over that one time. One day I'm gonna be balling. <laughs> I'm just dropping like, worker oh, Hamilton ball. Fifteen hundred dollars. No with me, I'll be trying to live stream. Fine. Hamilton, they're gonna get me soon. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna pull me out. I'm gonna pay seven fifty. I'm like, right? I'm like, no, get my PayPal. Send me ten dollars if you want. Connect with me on Instagram account to coach. Right. And pay me ten dollars. Dial in so you can be able to get this. They'll be like, oh wait. Your interest fee is tonight. Right. I'm going to follow all yeah, of it. Follow the link. It's fine. Follow the link. Patreon link. <laughs> Try to always make some money. You know what I'm you saying? Know what I'm like, saying? You know. If I pay, pay $1,500 to get me and Zuri in here, I'm yeah. going to get something. I feel like give me 500 back. And for all we know, Zuri going to be up on that joint anyway. Yeah. So, like, I ain't had to pay. I, so I feel like with Zuri Hamilton, <laughs> I should be able to get a free ticket. You know what I'm saying? Like, if she, he's in it. It should be a mom section right yes. over here. It should be like, here we go. 20 spots. <laughs> Let me get this right here. Yeah, Thank you right so here. Much. He's the rose. Thank you. That's so. you. you see him? That's yeah. me. That's right. me right there. Y'all heard that? Yep. Y'all heard that part when he was like, alcohol. Yes. That was him. Yes. That was him. Y'all heard that? <laughs> it's been great. Yes, it's been great. <laughs> but we, at this table, 
like I'm pushing you. We got your back. If you come back, Appreciate I'm gonna be like, that. yo, he was on this. He was on the second episode of my depression's guy joke. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just keep reposting. Just keep be, reposting that one part he was in. <laughs> Remember when he was on there before he got on power? Or <laughs> 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 yeah, he killed so Tariq that. again? <laughs> oh dang. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They brought him back just to kill him. Like, good yeah. grief. <laughs> but I want to thank you because I know you guys have to go. Yeah, but I want to thank sure. you no for problem. being on the show. Happy to be here. Happy yes. To come and talk again, yes, definitely. Know. The door is always open for both of you. Yeah. 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 I'm going to be doing um, a special episode with my Paper Storms Girls, which is my nonprofit. So, yeah, I want to hear more about that. But yeah. We'll just, we'll just hit you up on social media. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I can so, stay informed. So, we're going to cut off the live and everything like that. And we have a couple more. We have, yeah, a couple more segments after the break. So, yeah, y'all just stay tuned and we'll be right back. This segment is also sponsored by you. That is, if you support us on Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform dedicated to helping creators like me support our work through subscribers like you. Love what we do? Like a weekly shout out? Give us five. Or be a monthly sponsor for a little bit more. To support us, check us out at patreon.com slash mdgjpodcast. That's patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash mdgjpodcast. But I mean, you're not gonna go from I hop to I. It says they've been for sixty pancaking years. We've been pancaking. We are flipping our name to I hop. You will find out now six eleven eighteen. Bro, that's tomorrow. But we're like International <laughs> House of what? <laughs> Biscuits. Oh my God! They roasting them. They're like bottling. <laughs> Like, why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> I want some broccoli bip bookies. <laughs> why y'all like this? Who took over? Okay. The internet anyway, never loses, y'all. The, no, the internet, the internet is undefeated. Internet. No tea. The internet. I've been the one that told you internet, that. Internet. Internet. <laughs> internet. I'm the one that told you internet. You did. Internet. Internet. I-N-N-A. No tea. Not even at the end. Internet. I-N-N-A. N-E-H. There you go. <laughs> phonics. Yeah. I'm hooked on it. I spell it, phonetic. <laughs> I spell it phonetically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess welcome back. But we, <laughs> we brought you back under the guise of laughing at how IHOP is becoming IHOP and nobody knows why. We'll find out tomorrow. That sounds very ominous. Yeah. I don't really. <laughs> I'm scared. No, what's I'm really scared right now. Pancakes. <laughs> like, yeah, what does the B stand for? What does the B stand for? What is this? I feel like I'm getting got. Like, I feel like. <laughs> like, when it's over, this up. Like, the CEO going to jump. Who's like, ah, he's not going to be a hop, but it's still a hop. Ah, he's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> now, eat these pancakes. <laughs> I don't even know when the last time I've been to a hop. I don't even know. Mm. Like, if, if Waffle House would have came out and decided they wanted to be like Waffle House, I would have been like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, it's like, instead of going to Aunt Sarah's, it's like, Aunt Lucy's, right? You know, Aunt Jackie's. Yeah, and she's she make like. So what is like McDowell's? <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. 
burger page or something. Like, what is this? What just happened? I saw it on Jesus and Meryl last week, and they were talking about it too. And they were like, yo, what is happening? What is going on? You know on? what it is? I think sometimes people are trying to reinvent the wheel. Like, it's not broken. <laughs> you don't need to fix your brand, IHOP. Like, why are you messing with the brand? Like, it worked for 60 it? years. And for 60 pancaking years. Yeah, <laughs> what the House pancake are they thinking? Why? It's International House of Breakfast? Wasn't I, it already? I assume that that's what it is. Because what else what can else it be? What else can it be? be? Yeah. yeah. They don't sell bagels. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They don't. And we're going to sit here. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure this out, even though it comes out tomorrow. It's burgers. Because somebody said they went to IHOB and now it's a burger spot. But then they already sold burgers. Exactly. I don't know. Why y'all trying so hard? This is a reach that we nobody asked for. I'm not okay with this. <laughs> I don't feel I consulted. I don't feel consulted. I don't feel safe. I don't feel consulted. <laughs> because I know now I don't even really care that much for pancakes. But if I go to IHOB <laughs> and they don't have no pancakes, I'm going to want to speak to a manager. I'm going to be mad. Why y'all ain't got no pancakes today? Yeah. You know what's funny? Something happened to me a few years ago. And I couldn't tell if she was being real or not. But I went, what is it? Here in Virginia, we have a rivalry, kind of, between Sheets and Wawa. So I just happened to be in a Wawa at the time. And there was these two girls, and they were, like, quote, unquote, beefing. And I guess one of them stormed out. And the other one just happened. You know when you're trying to walk past somebody and you accidentally make eye contact and they feel like they can talk to you now? And that's what happened to me. And she was walking past me, and she was like, yo, pancakes or waffles? And I was like, I feel like this is a trick question. Okay. Will like, you be jumped into a breakfast You know gang? what I'm saying? Like, I got jumped into a breakfast gang I didn't even know about. Like, is this a trick question? So she, but she legit was like, yo, pancakes or waffles? And I was like, uh. <laughs> And I just looked, I just went, Waffles. So she was. They good, aren't they? And then she walked away. That was scary. She walked away after that. that but you came scary. at me with so much energy the first time, and then after that it was because you validated her. That's all she needed. I but didn't she, validate. But she scared you into it you, <laughs> because you whispered waffles. <laughs> but you came up. To, I'm literally in the line, minding my own she business. She was another patron like you. Yes, minding my own business. You're not gonna get pancakes or waffles from Wawa, so why be having this conversation? Secondly. I'm in the pa- I'm a patron just like you are. You're actually in front of me, so you're right. scheduled to leave the store before I do. So for you to <laughs> scheduled for you to, to leave re- the store, you're scheduled to leave the store before me. So for you to revert back and go, hey, pancakes or waffles after you got into some sort of beef with your home girl, I'm like, what? why? I ain't but you validated her. No, so I didn't. But here's the second. Like, see, see, this is like that moment where I get like real super deep, right? When we say, when we say, yeah. And I'm a quiet storm voice. See, watch. Oh my god. So you, you so, so you know everybody. You never know what folks are going through. Like we always say that. I had a post the other day. Check on your strong friend, right? Yes. This person might have been really struggling with pancakes or waffles. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's it's crazy and trivial as it other... be. I think of it like this, right? You driving down the street. But check this out, right? You driving down the street and you want to eat, right? And there's a Burger King and a McDonald's right next to each other. Uh-huh. And you like the Big Mac and you like the Whopper. But why? And you're trying to decide. And you need somebody that's uninvolved, unconnected, to get an unbiased <laughs> opinion. Because your friend 
They've been to McDonald's with you. They know you like McDonald's. <laughs> so you can't ask them because they biased. I don't know where this is going. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just yeah, I'm having fun right now. Like, y'all faces right now. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why pancakes <laughs> oh, yeah, You need a biased person to come in and be like, yo. But when it's silly, you have to go all the way You have to. You got to go all the way, way, way with the silly. But yeah, it yeah. made me laugh so hard because she legit turned to me and was like, this was a life altering mm. question. All right. And the answer... Was she young? At the time, I was, I was young. I was So like how, how would you estimate this person was? 22 or something. Same age as you, basically? But yeah, because at the time, I was 21. Okay. So I'm just... I'm in the gas station, like... I don't know how to answer this. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you mean. Because it started off so, like... Serious. Answer the question. And it was like... Then it turned into... I know, right? And she walked away. And I'm like... I would have said bagels. <laughs> so we're all the way up. <laughs> or muffins. Pancakes and waffles. See, now you trying to start something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Flip the whole Walmart. <laughs> Flip the whole Walmart yeah. over. Like, what happened? Yeah. I, just, I don't I know. I just couldn't get Because you can get, I ain't you I get a bagel from Walmart. You can now, but not nine years ago. <laughs> 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 so for you to turn and look at me and go, pancakes and waffles. I'm like. Like you said, like I feel like I'm about to get jumped into a brunch game. They're going to just make you start sampling. You know what I'm saying? As soon as you walk outside, somebody drag you, put a bag over right. your head, throw they- you in the back of a white van, <laughs> and it's a plate of pancakes and waffles. And you got to choose. And you got to choose. <laughs> <laughs> they break a bottle of champagne that was supposed to be for mimosa and look at you and all this stuff. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, look at that. If you got it wrong, it could be the the choice between world peace and world domination. <laughs> you better pick one. Like you got to pick one right now, son. Like I don't. What if I'm like? What if I don't like either? But then this is where you throw a whole monkey wrench in it. Well, it depends on what kind of syrup I got. <laughs> because if I have regular maple syrup, I prefer Molasses that with my pancakes. Gang, what up? But if I have molasses, I like it with my waffles. <laughs> so can you tell me? This is how you really flip that. This is how you really flip it. And then they like, you know what? This went too deep. This yeah, went too deep. Yeah, it's like, never went mind. too far in. Went too far in. And that's what happened because she legit, that's another part I forgot. She legit was like, yeah, I know, right? The way that the waffles cradle the syrup. And I was like, legit, where, where is this going? <laughs> where is it? I'm literally in Wawa. I got one thing in my hand and I got money because I, I came in to put in gas in my car. And you turned to me with so much energy and then went, I know, right? But you know what? It's though? a cradle for They've Sarah. given you a story that you can carry for the rest. Because I'm life. still telling it. Yeah. <laughs> Nine years later, I'm still telling. How crazy would it story. be if that woman is listening? Go, I remember. I remember when I stopped this stranger over brunch on this radio. I remember when I stopped her over brunch items. It's like, what? Why? <laughs> what did I do? I don't want to say. So <laughs> why me? Yeah, but other people behind me. I don't want to say why. Nah, you were chosen. <laughs> Lord. Why? You were I don't get it. But yeah, so. <laughs> it will reveal itself one day. <laughs> it is in the stars. I will see it. I will literally see now it I'm in hungry. the sun. <laughs> <laughs> Look what you did. Look my what you fault. did. That's my fault. So, we so what would you like? Pancakes or waffles? <laughs> <laughs> Make a choice right now. Waffles? Pancakes or waffles. <laughs> 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 and you up here like eggs, like <laughs> toast, cereal, <laughs> juice box. Right, uh, you know that makes sense to me. That 
But before we got into pancakes, how do we get here? I don't know. No, we were looking at the IHOP thing about IHOP IHOP. turning into IHOP. Mm -hmm. Um, We were talking about the differences between generational lils. Lils. So there's been an influx of lils in this relationship, in this generation that we're in right now versus what's that? A generation. I'm Gen X, and you guys are what? Millennials. Millennials. Yeah. (laughs) So it's been. How many lils do we have? Is this? Y'all got a lot of lils, man. We do. At least some, when I was younger, the lils made sense. I'm, I'm not sure about the lils now. I mean, we had the only lil that I can remember really was Lil Kim, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Daddy Kane had a dancer called Lil Daddy Shane, <laughs> but he wasn't a lil. He was a little. Does oh, that count? Oh, damn. Does like the actual word. Like yeah. an actual. Yeah. Oh, my God. But y'all got a bunch of little lils. That's what we were talking about. Who, who are your lils, man? Wait, now I gotta Google. I <laughs> said so you got Wayne. You got Lil Wayne. You, you had Lil Bow Wow. He took the little. But off. I feel like the littles, like Bow Wow, Lil Wayne was like Lil Romeo. Yeah, Romeo. they were teenagers. They were teenagers. They would like actually fit the little. Yeah, but th- yeah, I mean, I, doesn't re- Wayne still record under Lil Wayne though? And Bow Wow, of course, Bow wow dropped took his Why I put yeah. Lil Rappers and Lil Wayne was the first one? <laughs> <laughs> or she put Lil Rappers. Right. <laughs> I tell you, boy, Google, man. Google is the best. Google, How Google did all these undefeated. Lil Rappers get their names? And this is a Pigeons and Playing article from earlier this year. I'm the little Prefix is one of rap's most enduring trends, but why are oh there so God. many Lil Rappers? Somebody it's, actually sat down and wrote that yes, joint on the internet. Sometimes I love, it's I love us. It's based <laughs> on actual hype, but not always. Little Flip is six foot oh, one snap. Little and flip. little Dirk is 5'11", for example. <laughs> However, some littles have been called that since childhood and some took it to di- differentiate themselves from other OGs. <laughs> but in some cases, the answer isn't clear. For our final Little Week feature, we decided to shed some light on the situation. How little rappers ranging from Bow Wow to Zant. I don't know who Lil Xan is. I'm sorry. I've heard of Lil Xan. Catch up on Lil... Oh, my gosh. I need to see this list. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I forgot about Lil Flip. Lil Flip came out my ninth grade year. And we had... Lil John. (laughs) What? Lil John. What? Forgot about Lil John. What? Lil (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Got him. Lil Dirk. Lil Wop. Gotcha. Lil Uzi (laughs) Vert. Lil West, Lil Yachty, oh God, Lil Zan, it's oh God, Lil Windex. I don't even know who Lil. that is. I feel like you just made that up. Lil Bow Wow. No, it's a <laughs> list of rappers with them. No, it's literally a, a rapper. A whole page for Lil. And it says like their origin. Lil, Win- Lil Windex? Lil Windex. He's blue. <laughs> <laughs> Is that his emotion? He's unhappy. His okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he's clean. I don't know which one this is. Always clean. i tell you, boy. Look, like, so... <laughs> it makes sense because she said, you know, it being endearing and it's like, your name is little... Spotify now such features such. over 8,000 rappers with Lil in their name. Good. I'm oh not making this up. Oh my goodness. That's, Why? The, that's just too much. That's way too much. That's I'm reading much. the article now. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Why does there so many Lil? That's, uh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's absolutely ridiculous. Why are there so many Lil? Uh, Lil Pump, Lil Klein, Lil Dicky, Lil Peep, Lil Skies, Lil Kim, <laughs> Lil Baby, Lil Ryan, Lil Mo, Lil 
She's 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 losing it. No, anyway. it's literally a list. <laughs> That's just crazy. Lil Reese, Lil Mama, Lil Tracy. Oh snap! I forgot about Lil Mama. I forgot Mama about too. Lil Mama. Yeah, then she played Left Eye in the movie. She did. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. That's I'm crazy. not saying that. Lil <laughs> Lil Bo Weep. Lil Bo Weep. Lil Bo Weep. Look. <laughs> Like, how do you call yourself some of these names? Like, I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful to somebody's name, but seriously. Lil Eddie, Lil Tweety, Lil Ugly Man. Is that his name? That's his name. Lil Ugly Man. Lil Ugly Man. Lil Ugly Man, M A N E. Lil Ugly Man. Main. 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 Lil Noodle. Lil Saint. Lil Noodle. I will always do it for Lil Saint. I don't care. Lil Noodle. Lil Noodle. Lil Flash. Lil Tamon. Twan. Lil Twan. Lil Romeo. We already had the little, little Romeo. Lil Dude. Sure. Lil Dude? Yeah, Lil Dude. Lil Easy E. That's create well, that's his son. Okay. That <laughs> is his that is his son. I didn't know. That, that. one is fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's his son. Lil Dads. D A D. Like father. Yeah. Lil Dads. No, I got hold on though. Hold on. Lil House phone. <laughs> house Lil, phone. Lil House phone. Spelled out phonetically. House Lil phone. Lil House phone. Yeah. Lil Menace, Lil Flame, Lil Duval. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. Lil Gangsta, Lil Rascals Brass Band. Sure. Um, Lil Triangle, Lil, Lil Cheese It, Lil, Lil Broomstick. Tri- Lil Triangle. Lil Triangle. Lil Broomstick. Lil Traffic. Lil <laughs> you were serious? Like, I'm, we got to 200. Yeah, I, I, I We don't. got to Lil Tay. Uh, well, then she who, said who it was 1,000, right? Like it, you said, well, it was eight thousand. Said there's eight thousand, and then that article was like, "Here's two hundred rappers from Spotify with a little name." Bro, little baby, little scrappy. Know. Forgot about little scrappy. I forgot about him too. Little dude, dude. I never thought about him, so I can't forget him. Little, <laughs> 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 little happy, little sad. I can't. You know what? I I appreciate this moment because it's a pun. <laughs> I can I can appreciate that one because he Chris. he literally saying little happy little sad. <laughs> I can't. I can appreciate that one. That's too much. <laughs> These people are crazy. So what what do you think happened between your generation and our generation to make it seem like everybody had to be little and you're big? Well, everybody mean, has what? What happened in your generation between Gen X and our generation? Okay, that makes you feel like the the littles. The lows exploded. The names, uh, you know, it, it's the next generation. It's, it's hip hop's junior, maybe. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, if I'm speaking through it analytically, because we didn't have a lot of them, mm-hmm. you know, growing up. But, you know, internet. every generation. See, here's the thing, All right? You gotta do is say the internet. Hip, <laughs> hip, 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 a lot of hip hop is about it. following. Right. You know what I mean? You basically look and see what another person has done and you try to one up it. You follow it. And so that's. In my opinion, where that may come from. That's why in our generation, mm-hmm. you had MC, MC this, MC that. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was the master ceremonies. I told myself that if I ever became a rapper, my name would be MC such and such. MC such or and such. Or you could be like Charles Gambino and put your just put name my name in into a Wu Tang generator. generator. <laughs> Is that how he did it? That's how he did it. Yeah. yeah. I, I've seen that. Um, those. Those generators, yeah. you know, I'm sure I've done one on Facebook, but all I those games, but I wouldn't like make it my my rapper I name. Think he was being facetious. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure he, he was, was, and it stuck. <laughs> and, and it stuck. It took me forever to be like, wait, wait, get that from. 
And then when he said it, I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. And he probably said it so casually, like, what? He did. He was what? like, yeah, I got it from a Wu-Tang generator. And everybody was like, what? And then everybody tried to find a Wu-Tang generator. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I sure like to, like, I always like to see those names. Like, your your stripper name would be this month of your year, slash the last thing you ate. <laughs> you know, it's always dumb the stuff like that. The thing over to your right. And like, oh. Yeah, it's like, yeah, June chips. <laughs> 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 this is my name. My Coming to the stage, June chips. Coming to the stage, June chips. Yeah, Coming to the stage, April chicken. <laughs> I feel like persona rap has always been like special, but now it's just like brand machine. Like little, if you if you look at Lil Pump, Lil Uzi Vert, like all the littles we have now, they're really like literally the same person, but just different ethnicities. Like basically. Lil Pump is like basically a Mexican version of Lil Uzi Vert. Same content, same mm-hmm. aesthetics, and it's just like why? Why y'all like this? Why are y'all y'all brand machine? Just yeah, right, just machine. just throw them on in there. Let it, let it do what it needs to do. Bake it on three fifty and just pull them out in two minutes. And they're all teenagers. That's the messed up part. <laughs> this is Lil Pump, so you can't. Box's yeah, face. <laughs> a, let me just say this. There's a very, you know, no shade, really. Yeah, yeah, shade coming. I can't even find it. I'm about to shade. There's a very distinct difference between what my hip hop generation look like and what y'all hip hop generation But this ain't even our generation. So this, is, so this is my this kids. This is under us. This is our. Yeah. Because like he's 17. Because like, that's for us to be more of like, you know, like you had, we were still had like people like K Dot, uh, Kanye, J. Cole, and yeah, now that's the, our generation. All these that's new ones, yeah. that, they're like even though Lil Flip was our generation too, but uh, it was nowhere yeah, they're like yeah. Lil Yachty I mean, and Uzi like Vert and all them. Yeah, 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 I can't. Like <laughs> I can't. I mean, because I am truly, truly the hey you get off my lawn guy. <laughs> I am that guy. Like I am that guy. As long as you don't go off into like Clint Eastwood. Well, I mean, if brandishing a weapon at children was legal, I don't know. <laughs> no, let me stop. Like, he, I was like, like next you're going to be talking to people. But his like name was Walter Kowalski. That's like one of my favorite movies ever, <laughs> Gran Torino. Because I totally, when he fussed the kid, I mean, I was like, put the gun away. But when he said, right. get off get my lawn. And then oh, he I went said, to go talk to somebody in the empty chair. I mean, that is like my spiritual advisor, that character. Oh, my god, <laughs> Fred Sanford. Let me it just tell you. It makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, it makes you know, so much sense. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of snobby when it comes to my hip hop, though. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. And but I tell you, what makes it easier for me? Reverend Run said maybe ten or fifteen years ago he was talking about the state of hip hop because I started falling out of love with it mm-hmm. in '97 when we lost Biggie. Mm-hmm. I probably hung in there for maybe another ten years or so, but for the last ten or so, I just really haven't cared about hip hop, honestly. Trash. And, <laughs> and, 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 and that's and that's really why. But I heard Reverend Run right around the same time. He said, you know, when me and DJ came out, you know, you had the older generation that was used to listening to the Commodores and that was listening mm-hmm. to Al Green and listening to Barry White, stuff like that. He was listening to us like, yo, that's crazy. That's whack. It's noise. It's never going to last. And obviously, here we are. Mm-hmm. And we've been here for almost 30 years, I guess, at the time. And I don't want to do that to someone else. Yeah. But it's like a difference because like now you, hip hop is, uh, it's a difference now because now hip hop has become global because like ain't no way in the world Lil Pump, a Mexican rapper of 17, should be be getting more airplays than like a Jay-Z or a Kid Cudi. People who've already had their own lanes. It's like I don't need like corporations to pump out the same artists when we have talent. 
Well, you know why they do it, though. I mean, (laughs) mean, it's it's, it's consumerism, but it's also cultural conditioning. You know, people, you know, propaganda, when, when, I mean, there's a little history here, but, you know, to make it real quick, you know, when you watch what Hitler did in Germany, he did it largely through propaganda. And so if you look at what's going on in hip hop today, if you look at a certain look, uh, the the demasculation of uh, the emasculation of of the black man uh, coupled with police brutality and all of these things. And then you pump it in the kid's ear. I mean, it all sounds like mumble stuff. I mean, there's a reason why there's a term called mumble rap, you know, as opposed to and that's being pushed as opposed to when we was coming up. And we had Public Enemy and we had, you know, Boogie Down Productions and Poor Righteous Teachers and groups like that. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, I, I heard who Malcolm X was through hip hop. You know, I stopped eating pork because I learned about it through hip hop. And so when they saw that those people was changing the mindset of the youth, that's when you started getting groups like N.W.A. getting the push. Mm-hmm. You know, which, I mean, my generation, most of us loved N.W.A., but there's a very distinct difference between N.W.A. and Public Enemy. Yeah, but then that's the thing, like, because I had an episode on toxic masculinity and hip-hop, and I was talking to my friends, and we were saying, 90s, you had diversity. It's just like the 2010s, it's like everyone is the same. Like, I don't have a problem if you're a ratchet, if you don't make stupid stuff, but I don't need the same literally type of beat. I don't need the same type of artist where it's like, oh, I can listen to like a Lauryn Hill or if I want to listen to Foxy, I can. Now my kids just think like, like I don't know who I was talking to, but they they just think like Cardi B and Nicki Minaj are like the only yeah. female rappers or the only female rappers that can be it's just like just so much stuff like, it's like the I- idea of scarcity so it's like i don't need a little pump over and over again right. i don't need a cardi nikki clone because that's basically what cardi b is a, a literally a clone of nikki and nikki is a character of little kim and yep. foxy yep. and it's just like i need original artists and <laughs> i'm looking yep. at them like mm. well this is the reason why <laughs> that's the reason why whenever i get into a discussion talking about hip-hop mm-hmm. i always say that hip-hop unfortunately peaked in 1988 you can argue 93, 94 was good, 97 was good, 03 was good, you know, but it peaked in 1988 when you look at the people who came out that year and the diversity in the top tier mm-hmm. of hip hop. And a lot of them are still relevant to this day. We still see LL Cool J, we still see Queen Latifah, we still mm-hmm. see, you know, Reverend Run and, and Will Smith, you know, and, you know, Big Daddy Kane and Rakim is headlining tours. I'm going to say Big and, you Daddy know, Kane old, is old school on the tours. tour yeah. right now. Yeah, I just saw him on a Law & Order episode, so he's doing some acting. You know, Ice-T is 60 years old, but that was the year Colors came out. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so, you know, no shade at the young guys. i just not interested in it because you're not making music for me. Like the whole thing with Cardi B, I'm, old, I'm literally old enough to be her father. <laughs> like mathematically, I was an adult. I could vote and buy cigarettes on the day she was born. <laughs> I'm not talking about a teenage daddy. I'm talking about I'm old enough to be her daddy. Seriously. Yeah. And so I ain't supposed to get Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Yeah. Grand machine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Drake, like I had an argument with I make with money my, moves. I had an yeah. argument with my um I'm not supposed with to get my Cardi coworkers. B. I said Drake is an actor. He got clout from the grassy and then was like, oh, oh he I'm was a rap. wheelchair Jimmy. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Drake is literally like an actor. <laughs> so like, of course, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> I mean, of course he's not going to make no music that sounds consistent because his MO is money. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, mean he's been out he I've for like Drake. ten years. Yeah. I mean, if he came on, if you played a Drake song right now, I probably wouldn't know it was him until you told me. <laughs> yeah, because especially I his old stuff. I don't know yeah. his voice like yeah. that. You know? His old stuff. He, he yeah. be changing. And people be telling you know, me, dude, yo, you, you, know, you like point. it though. If you try, all you gotta do is try. No, Drake nah. is not deep. He not. <laughs> so you're not feeling Drake. Y'all not feeling Drake. I'm a. I I like Drake. I'm not gonna be like, oh my gosh. I have no dog in the fight when it comes to the beef that he's in right now. He has a he has a place in him. I'm he not does. saying that because he's done his work, but just if we're talking about like, because I'm very interested in in artists. So like, if you put Janelle Monae with like, just who's on the charts now, and she's not even like a rapper, but she can rap cause when she wants to. It's just kind of like. She has, like, I just need people to have vision. It's like people don't have vision anymore. Yeah. Well, there's no forethought. There's no angle. And quite frankly, I don't hear any hunger. You know? I mean, like I said, I I, I shut down on hip-hop. But every once in a while, I mean, I I am, you know, somebody that likes to listen to, you know, certain songs or certain beats or whatever. So I found myself in the car listening to, you know, Satellite. And if a song comes on, especially if I've heard other folks talking about it, I was Mm -hmm. like, all right, I'll go ahead and listen to it. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. You know, no shade. It's just just hard for me. Like, it makes me want to call my mom and say, I'm sorry that I fussed at you for telling me to turn on Public Enemy. (laughs) But Chuck D would never write Panda either. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I I get it now. And let me just address this beef real quick. Until you have the venom that no Vaseline or hit him up or (laughs) Ether or the takeover or dollars and cents, hey, I don't want to talk about Pusha T (laughs) or Drake. Because I listened to the song and and I came away going, was that it? I yeah. haven't even heard it. I haven't heard it either. I just seen me. I only know about it through the read. But I mean, but see, I, I got caught up in it. You know, the beat was dope. Yeah, the beat was dope, and 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 the guy's flow was 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 all yeah. right. But his his punchlines, I was just like, oh, I think okay. we cared. I think he cared more about a hot take than he cared about the actual song. Well, and Drake I'll say was it like more... this: if you go back and you listen to the, I don't know how well y'all know Tupac's catalog, but mm-hmm. the first line that hit him up, yeah, you didn't have to hear no more. You like, <laughs> all right, well. <laughs> <laughs> That was it. And we're done here, people. Yeah, um, yeah, no yeah we don't have to do that anymore. But no, it, it does come from a space of, I think we're in, we're in that generation, and I think our generation started the whole idea of hot takes. And now, what's a hot take? Again, a hot take is like, if I come to you, right, y'all, did you hear about so-and-so and so, and here's my opinion on it. And you're looking at, I'm looking at my, or viewing my opinion as law. I'm somebody that's coming at you with something you haven't heard yet. Yep. So the only person that you have to go to or, co- or come from is, is me with right. that information. So I have given you a hot take. Gotcha. So we are the generation that enjoys a hot take. Right. Our hot takes, in a lot of ways, tend to be just a watered-down version or a hyped-up version of playing devil's advocate right. in a lot of ways. So it's just, yo, you heard the beef about such a... Well, nah, man, because he did... And you're like... That don't sound right. Nah, bro. Streets is talking Nobody about these hot takes right now. It's like, is what? what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean? What is it? What is it? This doesn't make sense to me. They're like, nah, bro. You need to understand because this is what I'm going to do. And I think one of I feel the, like you just made that up. I think another <laughs> just issue to be able to say like, you said something. Roxanne Chante was like, before like her film came out and she came to VC like twice and we were just asking her like, hey, what do you think of this thing? And she was just like, colorism. 
X, Y, and Z and like pushing out of artists and all the stuff that we just take for granted or having someone else push the pen. Yeah. yeah. We don't we don't we don't have that too much anymore. And like I said, everything is catered upon a hot take. Who can say the least amount of things in the least amount of words to be able to ether this other person. He got 55,000 you know likes. Think it's not good, though. It's not but, great, But you know, though. to piggyback on that, though, I think everybody wants to be a pseudo-celeb. Yeah. We went through this period, I would say, right after Y2K, mm -hmm. since the dawn of the 2000s, when we had, because I, I mean, I went to college without an email. We didn't have an email. You know what I mean? I didn't even have my own computer until I was well into my 20s. Like, mm -hmm. it was a different time. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, every single person with a, email. you know, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I didn't get my first email until I was 23, I think. Mm -hmm. Think about that for a second. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, because of the, the, the internet, you know, <laughs> everybody has access to everybody else. Yeah. And you can fancy yourselves an important person mm -hmm. when, you know, everybody's important, but in, in, for the purposes of what I'm trying to say here, yeah. it, it, we don't care. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't care what you had to eat. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't care to, to see your food. I don't care that you don't feel good. I don't care that today's not going to be a good day, so nobody should try you. <laughs> like, you know, we all know these people who type this. That we don't care. <laughs> we don't care. Every single plate of salad looks the same to me. <laughs> you don't have to keep taking pictures of food, people. This is, this you know what I'm saying? Like, stop this it. This is peaking stop off it. my lawn. <laughs> this is what now? This is peaking off my lawn. Yeah. I, I mean, y'all both giving me the face like I'm tripping, and that's no, okay. No, I'm seeing Because I'm I've usually seen that. tripping. Yeah, no, I've seen that conversation before. But these are the, these are the same people, right, the same self-absorbed people, but these are the same people that be like, don't take pictures of your kids because I don't want to see them. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, it's, oh, everybody's kid graduated today. Like, it, yeah, but I was looking at the picture of your messy bathroom in a selfie yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you got a nerd to have a conversation. And I can't take a picture of my kid. I can't, I can't talk about my niece. Get out my face. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, That's yeah. when you type legit. G T O W F B S. Yeah, you gotta type the whole acronym out. Like seriously, you tripping, you know. But anyway, everybody wants to be a pseudo celeb. I mean, that came out around that time where Kim Kardashian and and Paris Hilton and yep. all them like that yeah. around that yep. that early 2000, 2000 was this one more Nicole Richie Nicole Richie yeah. like around that time where it was niche to be famous for being famous. Yeah, being a socialite. That's a good word, socialite. You were a socialite. So that in, has turned into now everybody wants to be like a socialite. That's what like hip hop culture is because there's like no way that I should be, don't, don't take this wrong. I don't need to know about Karuchi. Who, who is Karuchi? Quavo's girlfriend who happened to be Chris Brown's fiance and it's just kind of like, <laughs> but you know, it's and like the culture of hip hop is it's not even a thing where it's like, okay, in the 90s, it's like you have the people who made clothes for rappers, which is like fine. And then like other people are now just like this kind of Instagram famous person that could kind of rap, but they trash. <laughs> and it's like, I don't get it. Why? Why is this happening? I, I've never been one to care that much about the back page. I guess New York, we call it page six. Yeah. You know, that kind of mentality. Like, I, I don't care who's dating who. I, I don't care who's beefing with who. If it's mm -hmm. going to end up being a good hip hop song where nobody dies. Okay. <laughs> you know, 
is you can talk <laughs> trash about yourself as hard as LL and Kumo D got was the picture which, which with the with the Kango and the tire running over it on the you know that beef was still weird to me. Well, like, it was a legit years beef. Years later, though. I'm like, what? no, nah, it was a legit beef. I mean, because LL when he came out, LL came out very hard and aggressive, mm -hmm. and it was a whole generation of hip hop that preceded him that didn't feel like he paid the dues they paid, and you never said. Any, you never paid any homage. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, if you look at the generation right after uh, uh, you're looking at Rakim's mm -hmm. and you're looking at Big Daddy Kane's and cats like that, if you listen to their songs, they always paying homage to people before them. Mm -hmm. Well, LL was in the middle between that original generation and then the next generation wave. After. And he came out, so he didn't care that you was around before. <laughs> you know, so a lot of those old school cats took, you know, that personal. Mm -hmm. And Kumo D happened to be the one to step up mm -hmm. and oh, then God. get crushed. That, that, that's the part. That's the part that's yeah, always he, got me he, like, what? He got crushed. And that's the that's the that's the part that makes me be like, I don't understand the beef. Yeah. Because Kumo D. But think about this, right? You, we we talk about LL Cool J, right? Yeah. Now, there's a lot of people in hip hop that have had beefs, but LL is somebody has had more than his share of beef. Name one he lost. You can't. Right. You ain't never seen him. He had beef with Ice T and. MC Hammer and uh, what's the boy second round knockout guy uh, cannabis, you know oh. cannabis can, can I bust mm -hmm. you know Kumo uh, D mm -hmm. like all these people come for LL and here he is on TV every week with his bald head hosting the Grammys. Like, <laughs> if that ain't winning, <laughs> that's winning. Stability. <laughs> that's winning at fifty. Right. That's a, that's. Yeah. How you got a hip-hop record hosting the Grammys and you 50? And you 50 with the, with the Kango <laughs> with still. The, yeah. You know, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, that's winning if I ever seen still it. Still sitting here on NCIS. Like, what are you doing? T-Way, they put too much makeup on him. I can't do it. <laughs> it's hard for me. It's really hard for me, man. I be looking at him like, dude, he look like the Mr. Clean guy from the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> is it wet? Oh, is it dry? Yeah, that's, what you, <laughs> that's what you look like to me. You know? My goodness. See, this is, these are the perfect things that I want to close out the show with. Cause like <laughs> but you know what's funny about this, Joy? Hmm. This is like yours and my normal conversation. Yeah, this is how we normally talk. This is how we normally talk. <laughs> and people just be looking at us like, y'all are weird. And we go, we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You gotta laugh and keep from crying. That's true. That's all you can do. <laughs> Very true. So I did have some. Um, I normally like to close out with my rewrite the script. So if you can do that really quickly, and rewriting the script is <laughs> our version of retelling of a story or reiterating what you wish you would have been able to say in the face of some sort of adverse, adversity, whether it was mental, physically, physical, emotional, anything like that. If somebody last week pissed you off and your initial reaction was not the reaction that you wish you would have had, mm -hmm. you wish you would have been able to say blah, 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 blah to this person, that's how we rewrite the script. And it doesn't have to be a person. It could be a mindset, a mentality. It can be... Uh, it's a noun, person, place, thing, or idea. So it, that's how we rewrite the script. So for me, rewriting the script this week is um, coming to terms with the losses and being okay with them. And initially how I would have reacted to the losses is, <laughs> why? Why can't everything just be that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's my normal reaction <laughs> yeah. to things. And I'm working with my therapist and working with myself 
to overcome those spaces. And every every L isn't a loss, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean they still they don't hurt. So acknowledging the loss and anticipating the gains that are very much on my heels right now. So rewriting the script is me changing how I view those things. So yeah, that's my rewriting the script for this week. Marcus, Atari, um, what's, what's y'all got? I, honestly, I, I've had a, a, a pretty good week. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't have a specific rewrite the script, but mm -hmm. um, what I will say is we could rewrite the way we're viewing the political landscape right now. Okay. Um, the reason why I say that is, is obviously it's so polarized, and, mm -hmm. and the person that we have that's leading us right now <laughs> is leading us in a way that many of us disagree with, mm -hmm. and many of us are very vocal about that, mm -hmm. um, myself included. But I think we're getting to a point where we should probably start trying to figure out ways to redirect that energy. Because if all we're doing is complaining about, I don't like Donald Trump, Donald Trump is this, Donald Trump is that, you know, I'm not going to insert those adjectives. I made a personal choice not to, 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 to disrespect him or the office directly. Mm -hmm. I can dissect the things he's done and the things he said, but I don't want to attack him directly because that's beneath me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Having said that, you know, I think we need to start looking at ways that we can start working together and we can start doing things that would make our situations better so that when he does completely destroy the country, we'll be in a better position to be able to absorb it. So mm -hmm. if we're going to rewrite the script or if I'm going to rewrite the script, I want to start walking towards a path of uh, resolution as opposed to just complaining. Mm -hmm. Okay. That sounds about right. No. <laughs> That's an I. <eye. laughs> no, because it's, it's Marcus and I differ on on how we interact and and view the person that's in the, the office. Make no mistake, man. The I don't like this dude. And see, here's, here's the other thing with, the, with 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 that guy with him. You know, I remember mostly because of my age, mm -hmm. but partly because where I grew up. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Jersey City, New Jersey. And we had New York City news. Yeah. So everything he did, you know, was, was, was the news. And it's not new to me. You know, mm -hmm. I've been going through this literally since the 80s. Mm -hmm. I knew, I've, Donald Trump's been on my radar my whole life. Mm -hmm. And so you've got a lot of people, largely because it's a national office uh, 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 situation, mm -hmm. and also because of an influx of youth in the country, people who just don't know what Donald Trump was doing in the 80s mm -hmm. and haven't investigated it. But yeah. yeah, I remember the Central Park Five. My older brother's the same age as those guys. Mm -hmm. And they didn't do it. Yeah. And when they were found to be not guilty, he took out a full page ad and said they should still be in jail. Like, we're not supposed to, we're not, I'm not gonna forget that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, you know, just going on Facebook every day and typing how he's a racist, it's just not gonna get me nowhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so you just gotta be Throw smart about it. Yeah, we just, we just gotta be. We just gotta be smart about it. I got you. You know, turn that energy into saying to a brother, "What's up, brother? Mm -hmm. Peace, sister." You know what I mean? And start spreading positivity amongst your own. You never know. You might get one person. Like I know of at least one person that doesn't use the N word anymore because I asked them not to. Mm -hmm. I'm not that much of an influential person to to you know. I'm just a regular dude. Mm -hmm. 
But this one person, you know, at least don't use it around me. <laughs> at least don't use it around me. So, but, you know, just don't use it anymore. And, and, and that is an example of how changing the script mm-hmm. could lead towards community building. Yeah. Something as small as don't denigrate yourself. Mm-hmm. No other culture does it. Mm-hmm. Nobody else. You don't hear Jewish people using that word. And you don't hear, you know, other cultures using the most violent, disgusting word that their enemies use to describe them, to describe themselves. Who does that? Change script. Mm. Be smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you laughing at me? I'm man. laughing at you because you're like, yeah, that's how, yeah, that's how I feel. That's how I feel, yeah, man. That's, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you sound. Atari. How are you? How are you rewriting the script? Um, I said it yesterday at an event I went to, but like healing is not a solitary effort. And I think a lot of times when we have these um, suicide cases of like public figures, I think instead of saying like, "Hey, here's the hotline," I mean, like I think you still should, but I think we don't do enough like community work. Like, hey, like putting yourself out there and say like, hey, if you ever want to talk, I'm here for you. And not enough people like say that. I mean, I don't know if that's gonna make suicide ever disappear. And I think there's always this weird conversation about suicide. Well, if this person would have did X, Y, and Z, we never know people's interior life and the trauma that arrests them. So just making sure that we give people options Instead of telling them, like, well, you should have did this or blah, blah, blah. Just give them the options. Okay. And I, I agree with you on that. There's been a lot of people that have, and like I said at the top of the show, that it's always hindsight. Well, if this mm-hmm. person would have done this, they would have reached out to me. If they would have did this. And asking for help is a two-way street. Mm-hmm. It's not something that if I ask you for help, I did my part. Now it's on you to either individually help me, like you yourself, or at least get me to someone who could better help me. Instead of me coming to you and saying, hey, I'm having these thoughts. Can you help me? And you'd be like, oh, girl, well, when I was having those thoughts, I just went to Jesus. Oh, and then Jesus told you to go to therapy, and you went, nope, that's the devil. And so it's like, we, we fight so much with that. And I actually put something on Facebook. Well, I didn't write this, but I, I um, saw it, and I reposted it. And this has a lot to do with the community that we're in, especially in the, in the black church community, everyone is posting their quote-unquote theology concerning mental health and suicide, and doing so, ask the following questions. Have I ever walked someone through depression? Do I really understand the complexities of the brain and the complexities of the human soul? Mm-hmm. How educated am I in the field of mental health and psychology? Have I ever prayed in tongues and all my problems immediately went away? Mm-hmm. If not, why is depression any different? When I have a physical illness, is it because I lack faith? Do I go to the doctors? If so, how is a counselor any different? Why can't I go to the doctor and they can't go to therapy? If depression is a demon that simply means that simply needs to be casted out, why is there an entire book of, in the Bible called Lamentations? Mm-hmm. Why was Jeremiah always so sad? Would you have called Jeremiah's grief a foul devil? Do I sound ignorant? Do I sound religious? Do I sound insensitive? And a lot of us are hearing those voices, voices or have heard those voices before when we try to approach people in asking for help. So be that person that can look at themselves and go, you know what, maybe I'm looking at this wrong. 
maybe I'm not doing what I need to be doing. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm not the person that this person should be able to go to. So either I get better or I at least begin to cultivate links, resources, numbers, whatever I need to do so I can at least understand what my lane is so I'm not offending other people because I don't understand what I need to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I think if a lot of people, I think if more people were able to take a step back and go, okay, this literally is not what I know how to do, and that's okay. I can, if somebody reaches out to me, I'm not the best person to help you, but I know who can. And then you just go from there. You literally did what you needed to do. You literally did the best job that you could possibly do. And stop telling people that it's, that it's a damn demon. I'm sick of y'all. <laughs> I said, uh, stop it. It's counterproductive. It's stupid. It's asinine. It's every other word that you could think of that's in the SAT to describe how I'm feeling right now. And it's, we've lost too many people. And you cannot say it has to do with influence or money or any of those sorts of things. You can look at Anthony Bourdain up until Friday and look at everything that he has accomplished in the 60 years that he was on this, well, 66 years that he was on this earth, and you will still come back to go, we don't know why he did it. So it's, it's not fair to be like, well, he had all this money, and he was on CNN, and he was actually doing this show the day up. Mm-hmm. He sure was. Same. So was Robin Williams. I think a lot of folks, see, I have mixed feelings on it. Because yeah, on on the, on the one hand, uh, you know, I I've obviously have a lot of sadness when folks are not here anymore. But then there's a side of me that says, man, that's just so not the right thing to do. You never mm-hmm. know what folks are, are are carrying, you know, as they as they walk through life. You, right. you know what I'm saying? And we oftentimes will place our life values on other folks. Mm-hmm. So if you are brokey. Mm-hmm. And a life value is to have a lot of money, and somebody that has a lot of money takes their own life. Mm-hmm. You're looking at them saying, but you had all of this money. Why would you do that? Right. But that is what you value. Yeah. Maybe they didn't value having a lot of money. Maybe they valued having what you have, which is a family. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you can't say that. And I'm been, I've been guilty of it. I've been guilty of it. You know, I, I see these you know, high-profile suicides. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess the one that really strikes me was, was Robin Williams yeah. because I was so... I was very angry with him mm-hmm. about that because my limited understanding of, you know, the illness that he suffered from and the ultimate decision that he made was what I just said. I mm-hmm. valued the fact that he made me laugh and yeah. I valued the fact that someone that's so full of life and energy as he was you assume sometimes wrongly that there's some happiness there Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's those people that's living with the most pain and the only time they get any joy is when they make you happy right you you know what i'm saying but if they have a dark period where they're not able to make you happy they fall into a deeper despair I, i don't know a lot about this stuff i'm just going off of my just general knowledge but it's just really upsetting and sad to me you know, whenever I see it, because it's just not the natural course of the way life is supposed to go. You're supposed to be taken, you know, by the great architect. And when that doesn't happen, you know, it just creates a level of sadness that, you know, I'm not one that I worry about offending folks when Mm -hmm. I say things because I've never said anything maliciously. I've Mm -hmm. always said what I felt like was the real thing that needed to be said. So if that ends up hurting feelings, it's understandable and Mm -hmm. I feel bad about that, Mm -hmm. but it needed to, you know, and and for the purposes it needed to be said, you know, having said that, I just feel real bad 
for their families. I mean, from what I understand, you know, I'm talking about Kate Spade and, you know, Anthony Bourdain. Mm -hmm. From my understanding, they both had children. Yeah. You know, it's just, you don't want, you just don't want that legacy on your child. It's difficult because there's a, um, something I was was listening to yesterday when they were referring to how suicide affects different celebrities. Um, The... Shoot, 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 shoot. I'm trying to think of the family name, but just went out of my head. Um, Hemingway family. Yeah, there's a couple in that family. Ernest Hemingway, he killed himself. Yeah, and his, his brothers. Do- his, 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 his daughter or granddaughter? His granddaughter. Margo? Margo, his yeah. granddaughter. Yeah. His, his father, his brother, and his sister. Yeah. Like so many, it, it's a family history of suicide within that family. Yep. And it was very difficult for any of them. Of course, back then, there was no one to talk to. It, it was very difficult. I'm not going to say that it was no one, but it was very difficult to speak to someone about what was going on and to perpetuate a um, a cycle unintentionally is very tragic. And when it comes to celebrity, I was broken by Robin Williams. I cried about Robin, Robin Williams. I cried about Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park. It was so many celebrities where I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I got, I was standing in a store when I found out about Kate Spade, and I had just listened to a podcast about her earlier this year when she was on one of my favorite podcasts talking about how she created the empire that she has and her husband and her daughter and all the things that she had done. So to hear, like, this woman of affluence and influence decided to take her own life, it really started to look, I, I started to look at it as, we really need to continue having these conversations. Because she was by herself in that moment. I, I believe in the room, at least. I think her husband or someone was still in the house. But in the room, she was by herself. And we need to be able to look at that and not let that be. If it, if it is a spring point, great. If it's a springboard to be able to have a conversation, that's awesome. But we need to be able to look at that and the people that's around us. And as much as we give credence to those that are dealing with it, who are celebrities, we need to be able, if your cousin comes to you and says, I've been having these thoughts, we can't shoo them away. We can't make them feel bad because they're having thoughts, they're feeling some type of way because we don't identify with it. We don't understand it. Nobody understood why Robin Williams did it. To this day, we're still like, huh, why? You were making all these people laugh. You were doing all these incredible things. He had just, um, the show that he was a part of had unfortunately gotten canceled, even though that was like his first time getting back into network TV. So I think from what I read, it originally when it first happened, that played a part because he you know, took a leave of absence for a little bit from Hollywood, was doing things here and there, decided to get back into TV. It was doing really well, but the network was like, eh, and they canceled him anyway that took a toll from this person that had been changing people's lives for what, 40 years at the time. So yeah, it threw all of us off. And I remember finding out and like crying because he was the first like comedian outside of Bill Cosby at the time that really made an impact in me. Cause I'm growing up watching Aladdin. I'm like, that's Robin Williams growing up watching um, Mrs. Doubtfire, like all these things. And then I would go and go back in the past and watch the things he was doing in the 70s and all that. I'm like, yo, he's an incredible dude. And then for him to go like, you know what? I'm, I'm not feeling it. And he had been having these demons for years. A lot of times you just never know. You know yeah. what I mean? People 
when they're famous and we grow to love them based upon seeing them on the screen or mm-hmm. in our radios, you know, we have no idea what they're going through. Yeah. You know, you may think, you know, but you, you, you really don't know. I'd never seen Robin Williams appear to be unhappy. Yeah. And because I don't know him, I won't know. Yeah. You know, it, it, it just, it's, it's unfortunate. And, you know, I think that, you know, I had a post up the other day, check on your strong friends, mm-hmm. you know, and, it was coincidence that it was the day that Anthony Bourdain, you know, took his own life. It was coincidence. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't see that and didn't post that. Um, but once I realized that connection, the mm-hmm. day that I posted, I really thought about it. It's like, wow, yeah. You know, it's because I'm sure friends. that he and Kate and Robin and others are the strong friends for somebody. Yeah. You know, and, you know, a lot of us are bad with communication. I'm bad with the phone, you know. I, I, you know, I, I'm a big texter, but I'm mm-hmm. not real big on talking on the phone. There's okay. a few people that I don't mind talking on the phone to, mm-hmm. can talk to forever, but for the most part, I don't care much to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm guessing there might be some folks in my life who might feel that I'm a bit aloof, mm-hmm. you know, but then there's some folks in my life that I talk to every day. Mm-hmm. I still need them to check on me. Yeah. You know, so... Just, uh, just wish it wasn't like that. But it's sad. Yeah, check on your check on your strong people. Like we talked about last week, make sure that you check on your strong people. Do it in whatever capacity is normal for you. If that is a text, if it's an email, if it's a call, if it's a Facebook message, is whatever it is. As long as you're reaching out, that person's going to be appreciative. It's not going to be this thing, and we, we block ourselves in our brain to tell us this, or we've had really bad experiences with other people. It's not going to, they're not going to be like, ugh, you called me, and I wanted you to text me. It's not, it's not going to be that. It's, majority of the time, it's going to be, you know what, I don't feel like talking right now, but thank you for texting me. Thank you for at least reaching out to me. I have a friend right now. She and I don't talk a lot on the phone, but we will text each other. And... Depending upon how we say what we are saying in that particular text, we'll go, are you okay? Do I need to come over? Do you want to come over here? Whatever that, whatever that looks like. Right. And for everybody, it looks different. So help is not predicated upon what you can like buy or how quickly you could try to fix that person's problem. Right. Majority of the time, that person's not looking for you to fix them to fix a problem. They're looking for somebody who cares. Right. They're looking for somebody who is open to having a dialogue, even if that dialogue does not make sense. I'm so thankful for my cousin D, where I can call her and go, I'm about to say a bunch of stuff that's not going to make sense. And she can do the same thing to me and we'll just listen. I'm about, I'm about to just throw a whole bunch of stuff at you right now. And okay. Yeah. And we're not going to try to dissect. Well, I don't understand what you meant when you said this. It's just going to be like, all right, well, I'm going to sit here and talk about the last two months that I've been holding in because nobody else really wants to talk to me about it. Right. Or I haven't been able to verbalize it or try to figure out the words in which I want to share this thing with so it's not making sense. And instead of, them, instead of her trying to like compartmentalize every single thing I'm saying, she'll just go, okay, cool. All right, you, how are you feeling? Okay. Are you done? You're not. You, I feel like you're not done. Are you? No, keep going. Keep going. Like she would do that to me, and I would do that to her. Right. She, we don't allow each other. We don't allow us to edit us. You know, that's not all that's wrong with you. Right. 
because I know you, I can see it on your face. She can see it on my face while I'm texting that something else is still wrong with me. Of course. Because like, you're what they call day ones. They know you. Yeah. So she'll be like, no, that's not it. Oh, I'm fine. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. And I'm grateful that I have a group of people around me that are, that are like that. And I'm realizing how important it is for me to continue to cultivate that right. and to also be that person to them. Because everybody, I can't call and be like, I'm about to say a whole bunch of stuff that's not going to make sense. Because right. I have those friends that are going to try to fix it fix it, or try to compartmentalize it. Well, you said this, but I think you meant this. And this. I have those friends. So I call them for certain things. There are other people I call, but I'm like, look. It's about to go down. I don't know what I'm about to say on my face. So, like, or the, they're the safe places to be like. But it's okay to have different friend groups for different things, and yeah. as long as everybody understands their places in each other's lives, and 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 it's reciprocal, and there's no, you know, you you know, I like you know we're friends, and I like to hang out at the strip club, but mm-hmm. you don't. You go to church. Yeah. Well, then I guess we probably won't be hanging out at night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it is cool. I mean, but you happen to also be a great listener, even yeah. though you don't like the strip club. Okay, it's cool. Yeah, we will we'll chit chat. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with having, like, you have certain friends that you play poker with. If, if you're a guy, you play poker. You know, you don't see them guys no other time. Mm-hmm. Just see them when it's time to play poker. Those are your homies, though. Mm-hmm. Or watch the game. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, these are your friends you watch the game with, but you don't have deep worldly conversations with them about right. anything else. All the other things you have going on exactly. in your brain. Exactly. <laughs> so I, th- I think that's okay. Right. I, I would say that's okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So check on, create the friends that you need. Check on the strong one because we always got that one or two or three friends that are in our circles that are the master quote-unquote fixers, the other ones that can just magically get things put back together but it takes a lot of work to do that emotional work a lot of spiritual work to do that and i'm included in that space so like yo we get tired so check on us check on check on the friend that you haven't heard from in a while right i've i've been at fault to like when i go into my spaces i've had friends that oh 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 so you in your space you don't want to talk nobody no right no i don't and that's no affront to you. I just don't want to talk to anybody. And that's okay, too. That's okay, too. And let your friends know that that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Because you would want that thing, too. Because there are some times when you don't have the words. Right. So you just need a, a person there that's like, you know what? It's okay. Right. I got you. You can lay right here on your bed. Or you can lay right here on my shoulder. Do whatever you need to validation. do. Validation. Yeah. You need validation. Know, like, you know, I see you and it's okay. Yeah. It's okay not to be okay in this moment right now. Really? Okay, good. Because I was feeling like uh, that. It it feels it's very affirming to feel like okay, somebody gets it. Well, you know, <laughs> some folks have the pressure of having to always be put together. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah, I suffer from that. Me too. You know, I you know I'm feeling like that, and, and and it's okay. You know, I mean, there are people in my life that have seen me completely out of what would be known as the Marcus J character, <laughs> you know, and they know me completely mm-hmm. like they know Marcus. Mm-hmm. You know, Marcus and Marcus J are essentially the same person with some subtle differences. Yeah. You know, and there are not a lot of people that know both. So I value that yeah. in them mm-hmm. because you can be completely transparent. You know, you, can, you, you know, it's not that you're not, you just, you know, you guard, you know, you guard 
yourself away from the perils of life mm-hmm. and perils of people. Mm-hmm. Can't show everybody everything. Yeah. So. That's fair. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm deep. <laughs> <laughs> like the ocean. I am deep. I like, am the ocean. like the ocean. <laughs> I'm also very corny. <laughs> if you have not noticed. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah I know. I'm, I'm, I'm the corny guy. Well, I thank y'all for staying with us a little bit. Can I do one plug? Of course. All right. So listen, um, every single person who is listening to the broadcast, I need you to clear your calendar on the 14th of July, which is a Saturday afternoon. Uh, First Lady of Legacy and that radio comedian, that's Lisa P. Uh, We'll be hosting the Ladies Takeover Legacy. Uh, What does your hue mean to you? Topics being light versus dark skin, imaging, social media, self-esteem, bullying with children and adults. Preteens to 17 is for free. Adults, $5. There'll be a kitchen and bar open for food and beverage purchases. There'll be vendors there and vending slots all booked up. But, you know, you'll be able to uh, enjoy those. And so uh, we look forward to seeing you out there. We hope to have uh, the, the press there. That press being Legacy Unit Radio. Ha, ha, ha. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, come out, enjoy. You know, it should be a very fun and spirited conversation. I hope to see you there. Nice. So, yeah, y'all, y'all definitely come through. And I also want to make sure that we are getting the notice out that we are on Patreon. Patreon is a space where you can support My Depression's Got Jokes um, and show us some love. So we start at, like, a dollar. <laughs> so if you want to give uh, over to this podcast, My Depression's Got Jokes, you can find us at Patreon. That is patron with a P-A-E. Treon? Um, in fact, no. No, it's not. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash M-D-G-J podcast. And that is where you can find all the information to be able to support us as a podcast. I want to always shout out our first ever sponsor, which is Nonprofitability. And if you have an idea or if you are an organization, you have no idea where to start. Nonprofitability has you covered. That is Chantel Malachi. You can reach out to her. She's on Facebook. And you can also reach out to her at, let me see. She got so many websites. Um, ChantelMalachi.com. And she will give you all the information that you need. Nonprofitability always has uh, classes and sessions going throughout the year. And if you need help with trying to bring your organization, whether it's specifically a nonprofit, but if you also are a business owner and you're trying to figure out what you need to do for your business as far as deciding whether or not you want to be a sole proprietor or an LLC, all those those things that you would normally get for... um, I don't even know how much legal Zoom costs now anymore because I've been doing all of my work through Chantel. But <laughs> if you are someone that is trying to get all those things through legal Zoom and it could be a little too overwhelming, too much information that isn't really being helpful and your questions aren't being answered, definitely reach out to Nonprofitability. She has everything that you need. And yes, find us on Patreon. Actually, Legacy Internet Radio has a now has a Patreon page as well. So if you want to check them out, it is patreon.com slash legacy internet radio. That is a new way that you can support the station as a whole. 
um, yeah, help us out. Do good things for us, and you'll get great things in return. So My Depression's Got Jokes is a production of Legacy Internet Radio. Marcus J is our lead producer. Music and sound provided by Joaquin Carood. And, of course, always giving the grandest of shout-outs to my homegirl, Jessica Snyder. She is basically... <laughs> The first version I've ever had of a best friend that hasn't been like awful, um, <laughs> but definitely give her show her some love because she is the one that curated our awesome playlist that is on Spotify. It is the My Depression's Got Jokes playlist, and you can always check that out. Uh, we have a gambit of songs that you need to just get through stuff. Whether you want to cry, be mad, punch something, or someone, you can definitely check out that playlist that she is always adding good stuff to and I think that's it I think that's it do you have anything else Marcus just thanking everybody for being a part of it um, encourage them to support all of our programming here on Legacy Internet Radio including yours truly on Mondays at 7 ain't no half step on Marcus J if you enjoyed any of that uh, commentary that you heard from myself today more of that on my show uh, and of course, my sister Q Boogie's been a co-host on my show for a few months, for, for actually last year or so. So um, if you want to hear her more, uh, she's with me on occasion as well. So thanking everybody for being a part of the thing that we do here. It's called Legacy Internet Radio. Peace. All right, y'all. I will see y'all next week on... Well, no, we actually won't be here next week because that is Father's Day. So <laughs> I will be picking back up with you on June 24th. So until then, I will see you later. <laughs> <laughs>